Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home soon? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? And New York cop John McLean has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Sit down. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. There is brilliant. Because I am interested in the $640 million in your vault. As they are ruthless. But I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants. Think, damn it, think. Is to be a hero. Where's Howie? Hey, Tucker! Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? Job. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, I sound like I'm born to pieces! He's inside? Who is he? Good trailer. It's good. It's solid. Yeah, really well done. Like and the it movie, was still great after all these remastered. Years. So it looks good. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we are doing a diehard commentary. You guys helped us pick a um, Christmas movie. We're doing it. I feel like this was inevitable, right? <laughs> yeah, we we put a, a choice, some choices out there, just because you never know. It but, was. Um, it was. I mean, not this even, was this was a landslide. Um, we, you know, our our second our runner. I didn't up, even look at the votes because I was just like, our okay. runner up, which wasn't even close, was Home Alone two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, Jess and I just rewatched Home Alone two, and Home Alone two. You know, we did the Rotten Tomato scores, right? And it was just abysmal compared to Very Home low, Alone. Yeah, Home Alone two is fun. Like, yeah, it's no, a fun totally, sequel. Totally, they do it a good job. I know they've done like three more sequels, and I've, I haven't watched any of those. But um, yeah, but yeah, Home Alone two was fun. I my I'm one of my favorite <laughs> votes uh, from our friend Andrew. Um, who's <laughs> a, a friend and a listener he oh, yeah. right home too he just wrote turtle doves yeah turtle you know, doves. The two turtle doves <laughs> so when i was rewatching it with uh jess the other day i was like oh that's that's great that's and then also that. shout out to our friend aaron our lone vote for for lethal weapon uh and as she noted the original police cop uh action mm-hmm. christmas mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. and you know fair fair to mention 87 did precede mm-hmm. 88 yes that's, um, that is and, one year before <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by by one year yeah for those yeah. of you who who don't do math like me um uh which is also uh, a great and fun film uh just yeah. watch that one last night so i'm i'm fully ready i, I would have done that too but um 
Well, that's uh, that's yeah, that's the voting situation. I uh, I actually just found this video before we get into the movie and everything. Found this video that was posted three days ago. Um, AFI has this little weird video of John McTiernan talking about Die Hard and how it became a oh, Christmas nice. movie. Um, I'm not going to play the whole video because it is 12 <laughs> minutes long. And play it all, baby. <laughs> John, yeah, John McTiernan, who directed this and directed a lot of great stuff. He um, he directed uh, um, Hunt for Red October, uh, Hunt for Red October, uh, Predator. Uh, the two that we always forget are Last Action Hero and mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Crown Affair, the new one. Oh, um, yeah, I just so love yeah, all of good. those so much. They're just such well-made kind of fun action or you know yeah. not action movies yeah. that um, I just if he hadn't gone to jail for tax evasion or whatever he went to jail <laughs> I know, for, I know. Um, he's out now, right? Is he yeah, out? yeah. So so and I don't know what those story really is i don't care but anyways he i just think is one of our greatest directors oh he's great the tone in his movies is always it just they always move they're always fun they're great pacing everything wise it's just so good um but anyways this video i highly recommend checking it out it's on afi's youtube um and uh it's part of their afi movie club series or whatever uh it's 12 minutes long and he explains so many things from his point of view it's very philosophical it's very heady uh too much for me i'm too stupid mm-hmm. to really get mm-hmm. it but i appreciate it and it's very badass i'm just gonna play the end of it which is he goes into some weird territory but it's also kind of a nice little button on the video um so here we go so my hope at christmas this year is that you will all remember that authoritarians are low status angry men who have gone to rich people and said, if you give us power, we'll make sure nobody takes your stuff. And that's the essence of authoritarianism. And that's always been the essence of it. And their obsession with guns and boots and uniforms and squad cars and all that stuff, all those things are the mass of power meant to scare us, meant to shut us up so we don't, kick them to the side of the road and the decent people of the world get on with building the future. <sighs> Merry Christmas. And I hope we have a better year. Good night. Holy shit. <laughs> I, you know what, man? Like that, that really hit. I, like, I, I know. I know. And it's 12 minutes of that. Basically. I mean, this is, this is his point that he's making. But it, you have to watch the whole thing to get how it obviously ties in with everything will. that he's saying. Um, that makes, and... makes me think that Hunt for Red October is probably his favorite of the movies he made. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but I don't sure. know. So, uh, it also seems, makes sense now that he yeah. went to prison for tax evasion. It, 100%. I'm and sorry, when, but after like, the video, I was like, oh, I get who this guy is. They yeah, played that in court <laughs> and it really put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, this I'm is this sorry. guy. This is this guy. Yeah, I uh, I really, wow. really enjoyed it. So I can't recommend that. I And I didn't even realize it was a new video. I just I saw someone post about it and then I was yeah. like, oh, this was from three days ago. Um, you know, and by I the way, I couldn't not, agree with him more, it's, though. It's like, not a heavily produced video. It's just his his iPhone filming yeah. him at his like cabin or something talking to the camera. So anyways, wow. yeah, but go on. Wow. Yeah. It's very, very, no, no, no. That, to that's all I had really. Yeah. Ignore, I, um, Jesus. what he, what he has to 
to say. Um, so uh, for what it's worth, we just watched Die Hard 2 a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, I hadn't seen that in a very, very long time, and I'm real excited that we watched it because it, as you mentioned, now that we've got all these other Die Hards, I've, honestly, every time I think about Die Hard, I'm like, I don't know how many there are. Are there five or are <laughs> there, there six? Five. Okay. There are five now, and there has been one in development hell, I guess you'd call it, okay, for right. about 10 years for Die Hard 6, which is simultaneously a prequel and a sequel where somebody probably oh, young yeah. McLean in the 70s I'm vaguely York, aware of that and you know if they're even still on that one i don't know right um but anyway. well for what it's worth um i've rewatched live free or die hard live free or die hard is the dc one right yeah that's the fourth one that's what's the, one the fifth Justin one Long. called the fifth one is um a good day to die hard oh, god yeah that's i've the seen one that, that one once to russia so, you know, real quickly, I know we want to start the movie, but yeah. when you think about these movies, so you're, and we talk about this, we talked about this with Star Wars, we I talk about this with Rocky a lot, like a lot yeah. of the best films, right, are, are very kind of simple in their conception, and then it's just how well you execute it, right? Yeah. Simplicity, and then the cool flair comes in how you make it, and I think Die Hard falls into that category, um, and as much as it kind of invented this subgenre of action where you're in the building or in speed, you're on the bus or you know right. whatever it ends up being. All the way down to phone booth where we were in a phone booth, which I think kind of effectively killed it. But, sure. um, but you know, it, it is it is just the idea of, okay, there's a hostage situation and they have taken this building. The second one, you know, certainly not, not as good as the first and I don't think as good as the third, but right. really did follow that formula. And now we've taken an airport. So we've kind of expanded. Like we're no longer – there is a building, but it's not like the doors are closed. We're holding it hostage right. because we have control of the planes. So there's all these other people in the plane. So you've kind of up the stakes in that way. Um, and they also play on the whole, you know, this one, they're really just bank robbers that are posing as terrorists. The next one, you really get like a terrorist situation. The yeah. third one, you expand it and they've really taken a whole city. Like, mm -hmm. again, they haven't closed off the city, a la like Dark Knight Rises, but there's bombs and they could be blowing up in any place. So mm -hmm. the whole city is kind of being held hostage. So I understand what they were trying to do with the fourth one because you're taking the country, right? Like yeah. we've attacked D.C., the capital, and now you've taken over the country. But the fifth one, you've kind of run out unless you're going to go global. I guess they did try to go global and they just went to Russia and tried to make it personal by having his family, like his kids. Right son along with what his daughter was in the fourth one but you really do kind of run out of things to do at a certain point yeah if, if you're, you're gonna, gonna try to stick to the die hard if, formula yeah if you're gonna do that formula but i think that uh if anything you could take an example like mandalorian where it doesn't need to be bigger you right. need to go smaller right. and john mcclain dealing with some small thing seems uh, interesting to me maybe it wouldn't be but uh you know if you went smaller i don't i don't know that i would hate that i think um, if bruce willis hadn't tapped out on his career yeah, and life yeah. at this point which man yeah. more power to him he can do whatever he wants yeah but I, I do think there would be room for a great return I, yeah. I always said to you my, my the whole thing that i always wanted from like a diehard four when diehard three ended and i figured it was finished because back then we just had trilogies anyway right but um i remember always thinking much like white house down or olympus has fallen i thought you know how great would it be to kind of return to form and have John McClane at some kind of hero's banquet? It's it's just some promotional thing where they uh -huh. invite him because yeah. they're trying to show off for themselves how great the administration is. And he's <laughs> the lone cop that comes in because he's a freedom fighter and against terrorism, especially after 9-11. I thought, like, oh, this right. would be, like, prime time to do this. And most are, like, soldiers and whatever. And some are, you know, I don't know, Purple Heart winners or something. And then he's in the mix, and it's kind of another one of those, like, got invited by mistake. No one really cares what he's got to say. He didn't even vote for this guy. You, you get a lot of room for, like, comedy in that. And then 
again, like White House Town, if the White House gets taken over and everybody's kind of ushered in the room, now you've got like an Air Force One type of thing, except you're in the White House and John McClane's the fly in the ointment, right? Like running around. It just um, seems I always thought good. that would be yeah. prime for kind of the final. It's it's small like the original, but it's bigger because of the stakes and the president and everything else. And you're mm-hmm. at the White House. Uh, obviously, they never did that. Um, Rachel, our friend Rachel, is a huge diehard fan as well. Um, I know you haven't seen 16 Blocks. No, but she always talks about how she looks at 16 blocks as Die Hard 4 and ignores all the rest of them. And it's kind of her. All right, Rach, I'll watch 16 blocks. And well, that is what you just (laughs) described, though, right? Like John McClane in a small, simple situation. He's kind of the, the, you know, the the cop that people resent or whatever, the old guy. Right. Um, And there's a corrupt, you know, group of New York cops and he's got to do a certain thing. Sure. Uh, with this witness. So that always played more into the diehard formula to me than the real diehard four and five as well. Um, sure. But that's neither here nor, here nor there. If people want to check the, check that out. And if you want to donate money to my GoFundMe for die, my alternative diehard four <laughs> yeah. at the white house, um, diehardist uh, call me. <clears throat> um, I just want to say really quick that diehard three is probably my favorite action movie. It's hard to say that when you have things like true lies mm-hmm. and Terminator and all this stuff. But, but I think diehard three is, probably the best action movie ever made die hard three um, is so good that i wholeheartedly 100 percent believe die hard is the best action movie ever and i don't mm-hmm. get mad in the least if somebody likes die hard three the right. best you know what i mean like it's I one of those even, ones where i, I think I, I like it more than die hard but i it's more just about the quality of the the movie and the set pieces yeah you know it's not even the story so much um, I think beat for beat, it might be more enjoyable. Th- I guess that's how I feel. It, it, it's yeah. just die hard to me again, kind of it is perfect. Like you break it mm-hmm. down and I think right. it, it's so perfect that I'm kind of in awe of it as an action movie. Right. I, but I think die hard. Th- and this is kind of the argument. I make the opposite argument for the Indiana Jones series. I think <laughs> Indiana Jones and the last crusade is the best because it is the revamp of Raiders, but it's got uh-huh. the added elements of comedy and Sean Connery being the dad and all this stuff. And right. I think beat for beat, it's more enjoyable, but certainly Raiders is the more iconic. Yes. Kind of tight story um you know that just doesn't miss it all so yeah both I'm great series you. very very similar well sorry for the long intro guys but we just have a lot to say it's diehard <laughs> this, um, this is so. this is the only thing getting me through man okay <laughs> we've almost made it to the end of 2020 do not yeah, take yeah, this yeah. microphone away from right me. <laughs> that's fair all right so we are ready to watch diehard now this is on hbo max <clears throat> uh and everyone watching along at home on their own tv um, we are going to hit play. Um, HBO Max is weird because it has ads at the beginning. So I'm going to kind of read out the time that we're at uh, on our video and what's happening in the video for just the first few seconds through the logo. And then we'll fade out on the audio uh, for the kind of no audio version of it. So there's going to be two, two episodes, uh, one with and one without the movie audio. So anyways. All right, guys. So we are just about to hit play. Um, right now, our time code on HBO Max is 36 seconds. I'm not sure if that varies from person to person, but we're at the black screen right before the 20th Century Fox logo. So I'm going to hit play. Three, Welcome two, to one. the party, pals. <laughs> right. 37, 38. We get the 20th Century Fox logo. And music, theme music. this will always make me think of star wars i know it's so such a bummer (laughs) that that's just not part of it anymore all right a gordon company silver pictures production is the title that's up right now that should let you sync up now we get the plane what a great what a great shot 
Yeah, I as love I said, plane nice, shots. Nice callback to a movie that hadn't been made yet. Die Hard Two. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. That's a great callback. Uh. John McTiernan came back for Die Hard Three, or am I making that up? Uh, yeah, he did. Yes, yeah. he directed that See, one. He yeah, did yeah, the yeah. two that everyone thinks are yeah. crowning achievements. It's very for. clear why. Yeah. This is another thing where you always end up jumping the shark eventually, but, you know, in the second movie, John's still terrified of flying even though he's at an airport and he mentions it in the helicopter. By the third one, they end with a shootout on a helicopter where he and it seems never to comes be fine. Up. Yeah, yeah. But you then by the fourth one, he's, you know, skiing on the side of wings of planes <laughs> and sliding off jumping like an out yeah, windows. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so dumb. A little different. But then again, for an actor, Bruce Willis, who we all love, but literally said his character would never say the line yippee motherfucker right. by the second he's movie. He's lost it. Didn't remember, I guess. So he's wearing a gun before. on this plane, which I, I really would love okay. to know what the Different rules of era. being Different. A, a cop was back then. An off-duty, out-of-state cop was able to wear a gun all the time, even on a plane. Like, really? You know what? I would legitimately... I don't know. I would not be surprised if that is completely false or if it is real. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's Either some way, weird yeah. stuff. When I think about how you used to be able to just walk right up to the gate with right. no ticket, I mean, yeah, right. you had to show an ID, but the idea of you slipping onto a plane... There was a story, two mm-hmm. comedians, I can't remember their names, talked about when they were kids, they just decided they would try to get on the plane and they told a lady... They were, I mean, these are obviously kids, so right. maybe you're not as up and arms, but they said, yeah. yeah, our parents, we just want to say bye. They let them go on, they were like, come right back, and they just sat down and flew to, like, New York. Well, look and what happened they got to there, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> exactly. It was very True easy. True story. Not a lot of people very know. Easy. True story. <laughs> true story, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> the sequel made up, but first one, <laughs> true story. Um, and this is uh, Bruce Willis. We obviously all know him now, but... Uh, Really, at this point, just a TV star, yeah. just you know, moonlighting. moonlighting. People were like, "Can he carry an action movie?" I mean, this was really like a different kind of gamble. They're making this in 1987. He gets five million dollars for this movie, which was unheard of, yeah, at the time. And honestly, still unheard of for me I, on my side. Yeah, right. Um, I still don't know why, though. You know, because moonlighting is just a TV show. Who? What? What precedent is there for a guy from a TV show doing... I mean, it's a big movie. Like, it was a big movie then. You're right, yeah. But It was a hit TV show, but it was different. And and the world of TV was different than movies then. Exactly, yeah. It's not like it's, you know, oh, he was on Breaking Bad, so he deserves, like, a huge... You know, it's like, it's just a TV show. So I don't get it. Ugh, this guy. Is his name Ellis? Ellis. 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 I'm just glad it came together the way it did. You know, I know beards were big in the 80s, but... When I see this movie, I just am so much more, like, comforted by the idea that beards have, like, transcended all these decades like this. Um, Because he's in a suit. He's in a powerful corporate position. Mm -hmm. Yet has this big bushy beard. And I just think that's... That's cool. You're speaking to how, like, maybe the sideburns in a Star Wars from the 70s has not aged particularly <laughs> right, well. Right, and To me, this be, is... You, somebody could roll in looking like Ellis now and, and be and a, a baller. totally be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's actually kind of come back around. I think in the 90s, they went out a little yes, bit. Yes, that's, I guess, what had, I'm like, saying. had, like, the yeah. weird chin strap stuff. We've <laughs> had for dips in the yeah. beard uh, and now we're know, back, culture. Yeah. I mean, look at him. No beard. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, craft the craft beer world. I think brought the brought the beard back to <laughs> such an extent <laughs> yeah, to the big right. ones <laughs> that now these trim back ones look like clean shaven. The right, military right. might even accept it soon. It's so true. My mom always said she loved my dad and a beard, and he could never, you know, you can have the mustache if it was trimmed correctly. Oh, but I you, see. You couldn't have the beard, even Your if you dad had a great mustache, yeah. My dad um, was coming through. Did Mr. McLean call? Mr. McLean? No telefono. Well, he probably Shit. just didn't have time before his flight. Um, it might be a good idea to make in a In the next movie, they have phones see, on sorry. the plane. I do that already. <laughs> what would I do without you, Paulina? You know, there's five of these now. Let's just call it three of these. And only one, you, you really have a nice relationship with John and, and Holly. Right. Um, sadly. By the third one, she's reduced to a single a phone call. Yeah. yeah, call. Such a bummer. Because Bonnie Bedelia is pretty great. I mean, she's... Oh, she's fantastic, man. Uh, let me read here. This. She's so good at this. This is a nothing part, and she's really memorable. Right. California. California. I, that that probably right does now. summarize a lot of East Coasters' feeling of California, oh, but I don't know why. Right. Like, I don't quite understand what the sentiment there is. Is it is it irritation? It, I think it's irritation at how fantastical it all seems, <laughs> but but unattainable. Like, I don't okay. even think they sure, buy sure. it. The people who it's kind they of don't even believe now, right? it's real. The people yeah. who are doing it now. I don't think people who look at that as much as they might envy it really believe those people that's the life they live so much as that's what they promote on their Instagram right, page. Right, right. Um, and I also think that I can tell you in little old Goldsboro, North Carolina, um, that if they see California, they're seeing that girl jumping into that guy's arms <laughs> yeah. and also the guy who tries to kiss John McClane at the party. Oh, like, what the right. Fuck? Like it's coming Fucking up. California. Those are, the, I think, the two things that yep. they, they kind of think of. They can identify with that, yeah. Well, so we meet Argyle, who's awesome. Argyle's great. What a great sidekick. And not not the only sidekick, obviously. There's, right, um, right. There are a few. I didn't know you were going to sit up front. So are your lady live out here? That's another thing that really kind of elevates this movie. There, there are just these small roles that don't have to matter at all, right. you know, but they end up being the thing you're quoting the most and is memorable. All right, Century City. There's Olympic Boulevard. So you divorced? Our old hood. <laughs> now, I don't know if it'll continue because of, uh, you know, COVID and everything else, but last year they had just started the Nakatomi Tower Candlelight Vigil. Right. Which I think right. was attempted by about, or attended by about 25 people, <laughs> where they gathered at that building as if it was, <laughs> a, it real was a real occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> And saying a lot Christmas carols, a lot of people died here. Yep. Oh man, what a they die hard. They died hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a what an event that that was, and hopefully will be again. Well, these beauty shots of the building, which while it's still daylight in the movie, I want to just mention like oh, there's Janda Bond's name. I I just love how orange L.A. is in the beginning of this movie. It's so satisfying. And obviously that's sort of because in all of the Nakatomi interior scenes, they have this big, like, orange, like, matte painting behind L.A., which is not ever what it really looks like. But it fits with the cinematography of it all. And it kind of is this orange golden hour for, like, what seems like forever. Until it's midnight. They landed, he got his luggage, 
he got in this car, drove all the way down Olympic, yeah. and is now in Century City, and it just looks like this, which, yeah, sometimes it sort of does. That's but. why people roll their eyes, Kelly, and say California. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I no, get honestly, it. It, it is, though, with, even with that matte painting, that corner office, yeah. it really is beautiful. I understand oh, why yeah. they did it. It's awesome. Like, it looks so they, great. They really do the make time. it look beautiful. I mean, because if it wasn't orange, to me... If, if all of this wasn't golden hour and orange, there would be an entirely different vibe to the movie. Yeah. There's something about this yeah. that's so otherworldly and it's like they're on Mars that it feels like they're in a weird bubble. Um, and I love it. So this building is in Century City. It's owned by Fox Studios and um, it was brand new at the time of this filming. Still under construction. We can get more into that later, but um, it's just awesome that this is such a iconic piece of movie locations, and it is great. just sitting there on the road. You pass it all the time. I worked in Century City for eight years at the Apple mm-hmm. Store, two blocks mm-hmm. away, and just to be able to drive by it and like have the memories of like the tank coming up the steps and yeah, everything yeah. is so cool. Die Hard um, jumps into your mind every time you drive by. A hundred percent. If you're you or me, every and single day. I passed it for eight years. <laughs> yeah, I passed it every times. day, twice a day, and I was just like, oh, "It's so cool." <laughs> so true and so just cool. Just a stupid building, but it's so cool because you know I watched this in my first film class. It was like 101, you know, film 101 mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh yeah. And we watched a lot of like mainstream movies in that one with the attempt to like kind of pick them apart a bit. And this one was one that we watched, and he's like, you know, this is this is a character. This is truly a character in the movie. It's not just a location, and I think right. that's very true. Right. Yeah, a touchscreen, 1988. That's pretty. Remember cool. when computers were just this? This is cutting in. Yeah. Get off where you hear the noise. How does that work? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, uh, wait what, a minute. What There's noises going number on. Number do on I? Yeah, press a button. Gotta press a button. I heard something. That's so weird. Also, for being so secure, you would think... Well, I don't know if they lock down elevators at this point. I work at a building now where... Yeah, it's a big thing, right? Where right. security walks you over there, they swipe you to whatever floor if they want you to go to one place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, whoever you may be. Like, he came in, right? And he said, I'm here for the party and selected someone else's name. He, right. It wasn't like he gave gave his name. Obviously, he he that was thing. a selection of who you're visiting. It was just right. you pick right. the person in the building you're visiting, but right. Yeah. But uh, you know, as yeah. I said, I right. believe you could show up and say, "Yeah, I'm here for James." Whatever. I'm yeah. here for Bill Clay. Yeah. Bill Bill Clay. 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 Bill. I know Clay. him as Bill. You yeah. see him on the screen as William. <laughs> no big deal. Just a little detail that sells it. Right. Champagne, sir. I still. I just get tingles watching this movie I, I don't know if it'll ever get old for me it's it really doesn't I ever get old we watch this every year we usually go see it you know pre-covid we were seeing it yeah. in theaters at least once a christmas at some screening you know midnight yeah. screening it's so satisfying to do that and it really doesn't get old yeah yeah i agree and you know the big debate obviously has become through the years is Die Hard a Christmas movie, which is a fun one to get into. Right. Um, it, what's interesting is whether wherever you land on that, at a certain point, if your tradition is watching Die Hard every Christmas, which it's kind yeah. of become, you know, and obviously Christmas is a big part of the movie, like the building. And you know, California. he doesn't kiss him on the lips. 
No, he kiss, no he, he it's a cheek teeth. kiss. It's like, you know, this that's was also incredibly full, common in a lot of countries. Well, this was full Reagan eighties, right? Like, I guess, we, I guess so. we were transitioning yeah. to George H. W. But yeah, yeah. I, I really think, I mean, this is, this is like, you know, we're, we're moving right into that AIDS period, homophobic period. Right. I mean, it's, it, you know, there, there's a line in Lethal Weapon because we just watched that one last night where, you know, they're doing their whole uh, theories on you know, what happened to Dixie. Did she jump out? Was she pushed out of the window? Right. And they're like, let's just say she wasn't there with a the man because they found her naked. She was there with a woman. And, you know, I've said this before, but Mel Gibson's line is, okay, disgusting, but okay. And it's like the most leaned into line yes. of all time. And that's for lesbians. Right. Like, like a lesbian idea, which... By by wild things by ninety eight people yeah. were already saying oh, lesbians is okay but I don't want to see two gay cheering guys, them on you know? yeah of course yeah, like Very so weird. it's pretty wild that was eighty seven one year before can I get you anything food is that gorgeous painting we've transitioned to a more yeah, of a, a super dusk color on the painting yeah I didn't realize they celebrated Christmas in Japan <laughs> we're flexible. Well, I live in the United States, <laughs> asshole. <Yeah. laughs> no, no, it's it's not always easy to nail the shit-eating, you know, He's a- corporate guy. <laughs> I mean, and once you say booby, you're you're done. Yeah, this is the blueprint. He is the white knight. Yeah, of that character. I like Ellis a lot, actually. <laughs> There's something about it. Oh, me too. That's the thing. He's yeah. likable, even though he's kind of a sleaze. Right. The way he's looking at her, good God! Oh yeah, he loves her. Tough in front of her husband. I was hoping you made that flight. I have a Show list watch. of actors that were considered for the Holly uh, role. Ooh, trivia: Linda Hamilton, Gina Davis, Deborah Winger, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Carrie Fisher, and Kelly McGillis. I think Linda Hamilton would have kind of been interesting. I think. Um, this is pre Terminator 2, also. Yeah. So this is more Linda from Linda, 84. Linda Hamilton might have. I feel like Carrie Fisher actually could yeah. have probably done. I think she would I have think, played off of him good. I think Deborah Winger can do anything, so mm-hmm. I'm, maybe right. I'm wrong. I do think Bruce Willis and Deborah Winger, there was, there's a chance one of them would have killed the other one. Right. <laughs> just based <laughs> right. on stories you've heard from. But look, moon, Moonlighting was like that, right? Like apparently Bruce Willis. Did not get along at all with Sybil Shepherd, right? And um, it so big sparks. So sometimes that works. I wonder. Why. And you know, I've only ever seen other than this, Bonnie Bedelia. Like I, I think she's so good, but I don't know if you ever saw Presumed Innocent with Harrison Ford. No, she plays his wife, and she's really great in that. Um, and again, kind of a side character, but it ends up being really, really good. And I just feel like I would have seen her in more things. I could be in the car half the time. He's talking about staying with someone in Pomona. This yeah. is what people do when they come to L.A. They don't understand how big it is. Um, I mean, I definitely didn't. The first time me and my dad ever came here, we got a place in Pasadena right. not knowing you know, anything. But we were just kind of like, okay, I guess we're going to have to drive into the city into every, town. <laughs> every day. Right. But you know, you look at a map, and it's hard to tell. And it's hard to tell how it's very hard to get tell, places. Yeah. and. You roll your eyes. You say, well, you have to have a consultant, an L.A. consultant. If you're coming to L.A., just give me a call. Call us. Don't come here blind. You're going to end up in Torrance or some shit. Yeah. We work cheap. We're not free. We work work cheap. cheap. Yeah. I guess you didn't miss my name, though, huh? Except maybe when you're signing checks. I like his chest hair. Is Is that okay for me to say? Yeah. 
I, I mean, like it's not as nice it. as and thick as mine. But oh, well, no, nobody's is as nice as yours. <laughs> but he's got a spot up top, and then you start the next spot, right? So now you're leaving it to the imagination. It drifts down multiple spots, yeah. Right, right. Also, I never wanted to wear a wife beater before this movie, and I've never wanted to take one off after this movie. Uh, the way that it goes from that white to that grimy gray brown yeah. when he gets out of the first air conditioning shaft. Right, right. I just always loved. So I've got two bits of trivia about the about the uh, white undershirt. Um, one is that the costume department had 17 of them in various stages of degradation. Oh, so great. And where's the other one? In 2007, he donated, I'm not sure which one, but one of them, uh, to the Smithsonian. <laughs> oh, wow. I wonder if any of them ended up at Planet Hollywood's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> My favorite restaurant when I was 12 and didn't care about food. Right, right. Yeah, I just food. just wanted to look at the Not props. A thing. I mean, which is a great reason. I mean, Planet Hollywood was awesome, and they really yeah, I mean, had look, awesome It was stuff. Applebee's, but it had movie props, so... The one I, the one that stands out for me that I remember is, well, two things is that the um, the last one I remember going to, which was probably Florida, like Orlando, mm-hmm. what, uh, it had the model of the undersea explorer from a, the abyss, which oh, was wow. a, it was a decent sized model. It was probably like four or five or six feet across, kind of a square. It was that big white like submersible rig that they were in. Um, yeah. So it was a massive model. But it was hanging like above the tables, and it was just a cool thing. Yeah, the other incredible. one is that the so cool. the DeLorean that is on the train tracks at the end of Back to the Future Three, so it's the one that specifically has the train wheels on it, was yeah. hanging in the Honolulu um, oh, Planet Hollywood, and it was recently purchased. It was it was like in a crate in storage after Planet Hollywood closed. And the person who bought it is fully restoring it because it was wow. barely hanging together. It was just like a shell of a car. But it's it's one of the I think three or four screen used DeLoreans that was still around. That's awesome. Um, so they're That's doing awesome. a full restore on it. It feels like Florida should be the place where the last Planet Hollywood is, <laughs> right? Yeah, for some reason. Uh, international. I, I used drive. to have that speech, <laughs> that little speech memorized. I used to just walk around saying that. Back to AC, then back to magic, right? Boom! Two points. And no one ever knew what I was talking about, but sure. I used to say it a lot. Now, we know this because we've watched all kinds of things for Die Hard, but right. there is no ambulance in the back of this truck. Not that there couldn't have been, right? But at the time they were filming this, you know, because later they drive the ambulance right, out. That's out of the it. spoiler alert. Right. They're getting out. At the time they were filming this, they did not have uh, an exit strategy. Is that they're right? Like, we we got to come up with this. <laughs> But we'll right. figure it out. You know, we'll figure right. it out. And everything else was kind of in play. So the only issue was, and they just kind of decided, you know, no one's going to know that, notice that or remember it. And right. if this movie hadn't become so big and people didn't go back and watch it, no one uh-huh. would. So exactly. it's not a huge error. I actually interesting. never paid attention to that, but that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. What's this guy's name? I, you know what? I don't remember his name offhand, but it's so funny because whenever I see him, it's just this and Walker, Texas Ranger, baby. Oh, which right. Were, which yes. were like yes. giant things in the Finan household when we were growing up. I'll tell you that. That's funny. He uh, was the sidekick see. action guy in that one. His name is Theo. Oh, yeah, and he was in Top oh, Gun also. We've talked about that. We did the oh, Top yeah. Gun oh, yeah. episode. That's the other one. Yeah. His, uh, hey his, man, we could have had him. We could have had, had him. Yeah, <laughs> I will fire when I'm good and goddamn ready. Yeah, what a what a testosterone 
Jesus masculine Christ, moment that I was. Know. Ooh, made the hair yep. stand up on my arms. It's <laughs> just, you know, sometimes just all the little elements come together just right. I mean, even the singing while you're kicking out, none of this matters. No, no, but it, it's very satisfying. And yeah, it, it fills the look out, out, the, out the window before he swipes it. They're all the little beats, character beats are perfect. There's a John McTiernan is no fucking joke. You know, yeah. I haven't heard a lot of interviews with him. I should probably do some more research on him. But that 12-minute thing that just came out is mm-hmm. very telling. He's he's a, a, a very thoughtful and super deliberate person. And oh, I I'm think that you could, you could argue that even some of our most popular directors are not anywhere near to that extreme. Right. Um, I... I I wish he was still making stuff, but I also support him doing whatever he wants to do. Making YouTube videos about tyranny. Basically, yeah. Well, I mean, even like, I, I don't know if he has a name in this in this character in this movie, but, you know, the guy who plays Endo in Lethal Weapon, the uh-huh. shocking Mel, I mean, his whole, when they're about to have that gunfight and he notices the candy bar, you mm-hmm. know, and reaches for one. I mean, right. like, you know, all the little stuff like that is the stuff that just isn't in most movies and it doesn't matter no but it's like it's a little more flavor right like it's a little more yep. icing on the cake and when you put those all together and suddenly you've got a hundred of them in a movie right. you don't even it know why you're a enjoying lot it so of much character. more yeah. yeah and and it eliminates the dead time where you've just got to get from one beat right. to another right where people kind of zone out and you yeah know, some flavor uh, this yeah. was back before we made movies for people to be on their phones while they were watching the movie right, and right. you had to try to keep them engaged at all moments He's got a huge scar on his right right arm. I know. I don't I know. think I ever really clocked how big that is because it gets so dirty. He gets so dirty. But right. I wonder where that's from. Yeah. I don't know. Wouldn't it be great if he was like two years before I made this movie? I was at a Christmas party. <laughs> right. <laughs> Darius took over the building. Hey, Not again. Nine, 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 Bob, <laughs> These guys are great too, as brothers. I mean, we barely yeah. see them together, but right, right. So one way to do it, you just gotta cut them all. You're really gonna risk the whole plan? Like this guy's a loose just cannon. because he's he's too impatient. Yeah, gives him that shit eating smirk afterwards. He's like, yeah, get down. That's pretty cool though. Pretty cool though. Back here. Hello. <laughs> These motherfuckers. Yeah. Totally big brother. Go to number. Use it. Speaking of uh, Bonnie Bedelia being in a movie with Harrison Ford, that terrorist is also in Witness, which Harrison Ford plays a complete oh. pacifist character who likes Harrison Ford's lady. Interesting. Here we go. Shit's going down. It's so good. First movie role for Alan Rickman. Unbelievable. This I mean, is his breakout Hollywood slash feature film debut. He was a he was a stage actor in. Uh, in England, and uh, he's in some British television. Rest in peace to Alan Rickman. He's yeah, in my seriously. two favorite Christmas movies, Love Actually and Die Hard. Right. Um, he really is incredible. I mean, Bruce, this is Bruce's movie, but Alan Rickman... He kind of steals me, every movie. Yeah, as the, the character in this movie is just the best. There's yep. the obligatory titty shot from oh, uh, was all there one? 80s rated R that. action movies. Yeah, there. Banging Shit. in the other office. I missed it. 
He kind of steals Galaxy Quest, too. Oh, God, yeah, um, come on. You know, the, the other thing this movie did, no movie has ever done so much for bland stairways in buildings. Right. I, I can't walk up the stairwell in the building I work at now without thinking <laughs> of running through it barefoot like right. in Die Hard. It just is what it is. I'm sure that in the movie, McLean would love to have some really good shoes on throughout most of this movie, but there's something about being barefoot that you just feel like you can do anything. <laughs> and you know him running around until there's a mess everywhere. Yeah, it's probably yeah. of, of some benefit to be barefoot. He's very nimble. Well, like, He's very quiet. Can't hear those true. little that's footsteps. True. Well, I think him also again. It's just one more thing, right? Where he's a little more exposed. It obviously plays into his fear of flying stuff. But then right. just giving him something to look for shoes, like when he finds the shoes right. that are too small. It's definitely. I mean, you know, all those little satisfying be, plan, yeah. planting those seeds for yeah when the glasses. Are on the floor. Spoiler alert. This is one of those movies where if cell phones existed, yeah, probably the movie wouldn't happen. There's a lot of those movies. There was a time where, yeah, yeah you could get this done. Uh, due to the Nakatomi Corporation's legacy of greed around the globe, they're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. He is so good. When you find out you this is all bullshit. Right. I mean, you know, it, this would be effective. He's no. playing it as if he's giving it, right? Like the right. real speech. Yes, like, this would be so effective if they were terrorists. <laughs> when you find out it's Joseph bullshit. Yoshinobu so Takagi. Born Kyoto, 1937. Family emigrated to San Pedro, California, 1939. It's true. I saw this movie when I was very young, um, kind of a TV recorded version, because my dad was like, we're watching Die Hard. Right. Um, thank God, to his credit. But this really terrified me, him searching for Takagi in this mm-hmm. scene when I was a kid. I mean, just... Law degree, Stanford, 1962. MBA, Harvard, 1970. President Nakatomi Trading. Vice Chairman Nakatomi Investment Group. Enough. And father of five. I am Takagi. How do you do? It's a pleasure to meet you. Rickman is pretty pretty effectively terrifying, yeah. Look, this guy knows. Yeah, that turn and yep. father of five. Yep. And it's and not just him. The performance is great, no but smile. the lighting on his face, yep. those eyes. Yep. I mean, that's, that's the way you perfect. do that scene. Yeah. You know, I mean, this movie is shot so well, too. Um, yeah. Oh, God. So good. For, you know, I would even argue, like, I haven't watched Lethal Weapon in a couple of years. I'm going to probably watch that over this Christmas, but... Nice suit. I think this is... John Phillips, London more artful um, oh, yeah. in terms of the staging of uh, everything yeah. it, and, and that's a combination of Vic Tiernan and, uh, and Janet Bond. The construction or of Jan. the weapon is not, uh, right. you know, that's not why you're, you're, like, it's so much fun, right? And right. The characters, you could argue, are more fun and the back and forth, the buddy cop angle, and it's a great, great action movie. I mean, right. Die Hard and Me, The Weapon are both in the top five of my action movies, but this one is almost, con- it's almost too well constructed. I mean, it's constructed <laughs> as if it's like an important movie. Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, it's like yes. some kind of art movie or something that's going to 
go for the Oscars, but when it's an action spectacle. So, of his domain, he wept, for there were no more worlds. Cool model. Yeah, this room is awesome. Cool table too. Benefits of a classical education. Yeah, you got to give it up to. I know they were using oh, the building that was already there, rats, but just like beautiful. all of the art, art direction, you know, set design and everything yep. else. All it really is. I mean, flares are great. Board, e- even like the the, the naked girl calendar that he keeps passing <laughs> going through the elevator. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like all the just beautiful. these little flares that are just great. This, this like of course the construction guy got that in up Indonesia? there while he's working. Contrary to what you people may think, you're going to develop that and also, something about it feels so American that this is a heist. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mr. I don't know why that feels more American to me, but just sure. going for the money. I can just... talk about industrialization and men's fashions all day, but I'm afraid work must intrude, and my associate Theo has some questions for you. Sort of fill-in-the-blanks questions, actually. <laughs> God, he's good. Kind of this is like, like where... what's your password? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is another time where you, you really see when you watch the three of these, Dired 1, 2, 3, how much the, the villain impacts, how much the enjoyment of the movie, right? Like, this one is fantastic. The third one is fantastic. Right. Great choices for villains. And not that there's anything wrong with Die Hard 2, but those guys could have been any villain. You know, those are just yeah. the textbook menacing, like, we're going to kill you. You know, like, there's... Yeah. There's just not anything that's... They're just silly. ...stands out the same way as as these guys are fantastic. Right. The Gruber brothers. Yep. Tarantino spinoff movie. Yeah. Because I am interested in the $640 million in negotiable bearer bonds that you have locked in your vault. And the computer controls the vault. Mmm. Want money? Want money? Terrorists. Terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Who said we were terrorists? Oh, so yeah, it was really great. Great. Um, the music also, man. Every time these little beats come in, just that kind of you're hiding. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. I mean, all of it to me is it comes together just so great. God, the amount of sneaking around in my house I did, <laughs> pretending I was in this building sure. as a child, with a gun, absurd. Yeah, with a with a toy gun. Yeah, Put the gun correct. away. Yeah, I had so many toy guns. I was so into guns. The code. I, I'm so lucky that I'm. Uh, I don't want to get political in this, but I'm so lucky that I'm white Seven, because eight, I spray painted guns. Oh black. yeah. You know oh yeah. I got rid of that orange shit on the front. Absolutely. Oh man. Run All my guns are out in the suburbs. Is <laughs> a safe place to do that, and you're gonna be fine. It's and such a good point, man. I'm, everybody. I hear you. Tragically, but that's so funny. I mean, that's brought up in this movie. Actually, that's it's totally fine for me to bring that up. This <laughs> he had a ray gun, looked real enough. That's right. a whole shame to ruin it. I have a note that says uh, Sam Neill was offered this role, and turned it down. To count to three. Sam Neill. It's a weird. I, I don't know. I don't know what he was like in the eighties. You know, maybe, but he no. could have done it, but it wouldn't have been what it is. I mean, he played the Antichrist in the Omen Part Three, and he, right. he's kind of terrifying, but. I don't know. I, don't I like Argyle's you. sweater, Can or not Argyle? Sorry, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, uh, I looked it up. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Theo. Theo. Yeah, Theo. Do it the hard way. Tony, see if I'm just gonna have to kill me. Okay. 
<laughs> the bet, the gambling too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's gonna kill him. I heard something. It sounded like a guy with no shoes on. What was it? I, I know they, they sell this moment with Argyle sitting in the limo listening to the yeah. music and jamming out, but in all sincerity, whether he was or not, if they're at the top of this building, he's not hearing that shot, right? No, like no, kind of there's the... no universe where, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you can break the code. Great response here. He didn't bring me along for my charming personality. Yeah. You know, Rickman has amazing pauses. You know, like he just holds those lines, holds those beats. You heard the shots. You're calling the police right it's now. a very powerful acting kind of technique or whatever you want to call it. Uh, just people that really take their time with lines. And I think that I, I've never been into acting, but I would imagine that you look at someone like Meryl Streep or whoever, it's probably like the thing that sets a lot of actors, really great actors apart, is just the, the time that they take to deliver their lines. Knowing the rhythm, right, of how yeah, to deliver exactly. like, just and, and Father of Five is part of, you know. So uh-huh. you kind of, yeah, because um, none of that is in the script. You know, you remember the that black. documentary for Galaxy Quest where they talked about uh-huh. Rickman as he had gotten, you know, sick and sure. and, and eventually passed away, sadly. But they, that moment where they talk about when he had gotten sick and he had a role lined up and he's talking to one of his buddies and he yeah. said, and I asked him, so you're not going to do that anymore? He said, no. And they said... Well, who are they going with? And you looked at him and took a long pause and said, Bill Nye. <laughs> like in a very like Snape type voice. Oh, you could just and he hear went, him And he went it. way down on the Nye. Yeah. Bill Nye. Oh, <laughs> so good. What a guy. That's great. You know, just... The shot, the construction of the shots, the movement of the camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything in this really is, it just paints the scene so well. Mm-hmm. The seventh lock, the electromagnetic seal. You do understand the circuits cannot be cut locally. <laughs> Trust me. All part of the plan, Theo. Why the fuck didn't you stop him, John? Because then you'd be dead too, asshole. Is that his real tattoo? Yeah, yeah, it's a skeleton. I I think it's real. Mm. Some kind of skeleton or skull, or I forget. Raj, that's a special forces tattoo. (laughs) Mercury switches. Pain. It's pain. pain. It was pain. That I I always hated that. Like I don't hate the concept of a boy telling them something, but how that was written and directed, and then you know they have this boy say this stuff, and you're just like. What? That doesn't even make sense. How did you get to that? That's so dumb. Just have him like... What, he doesn't know the word tattoo? I bet he knows the word tattoo. Just have him say tattoo. Like, sort of, you know? And it's like, pain, pain, pain. It's pain. Like, what? Like, how about like crayon or drawing or like... He's not a baby. He's like eight years old, that kid. (laughs) Back to the future. I just hey, there's the, the Ralphs. Ralph's it's still there. Yeah, I don't Same think exact that, Ralph's. you know, obviously until I moved out here, I didn't even know what Ralph's was. Oh, right. And as I've mentioned to you and on the podcast before, the reason Ralph's has no apostrophe S is the guy who started that store. His last name is literally Ralph's. Ralph's, with an S, right. Which still blocks bottles so, my mind. So but. funny. Weird. Um, yeah, what I like about that is that that shot is 
geographically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> like he's yeah. looking down at Ralph's, which is at that angle, at that distance from that yeah. side. Or um, I don't know if it's that side of the building, but you could you could presume that any side is any side at any time. Right. Yeah. So They're not making it up. They're just... No, it's just there. like kind of funny that they did that. This guy in his glasses. No one is coming to help you. You might as well come out and join the others. Feels like they might should have spared two terrorists. <laughs> Whether it was John or not. I promise I won't hurt you as he cocks the gun. There's nothing there. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't want to ignore the fact that these guys are just wearing, like, sweatpants and sweatshirts. It's yeah, crazy, the attire. It's not, like, a tactical, like, it's not even, like, I cargo know. pants with a sweater. It's, <laughs> like, he's wearing sweat. He's wearing what I'm wearing right now, gray sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Honestly, the the one thing that's, that's very kind of 80s about this that I think would have changed now is that and also just their hair. They talked about this on some specials about this, but how everybody oh, looks like a European model, their long hair, right. you know, all these things. If they're, you assume even if they're not terrorist military now, there's some kind of tactical training. So right. it, it seems you unlikely that they would all be like. It's very funny and weird, yeah. But it is. But it does. Uh, honestly, though, at the same time, it, it it again gives this thing a very kind of specific look and tone uh-huh. and uh-huh. idea of these elegant European. Well, it it goes along with the fact of thieves. they changed this from a story about terrorists to a story about thieves, and thieves mm-hmm. are kind of a different breed. Um, yeah, you know, we should mention th- this. The book that this is very loosely based on right. uh, is uh, a story called The Detective, which right. was a, turned into a movie starring Frank Sinatra. And they couldn't really move forward with this movie until he actually passed right. on the rights for the sequel. Now he was like, I think in the, the novel the was time. Nothing Lasts Forever, I think is yeah, the novel. Yeah, that was and the sequel to Frank the Detective. Frank Sinatra, correct. yeah, was in the movie The Detective, and so they had to you know, offer yeah, him. Well, and I'm first. not sure if this is accurate because I had never heard this until recently, but just recently on. Um, I can't remember which podcast. I think it might have been Unspooled um, with uh, Paul Shear, mm-hmm. where they were mentioning that. Um, oh no, it was, you must remember this, which is a fun history of Hollywood podcast. Um, and they mentioned that Frank Sinatra wanted, um, his, uh, wife at the time, Mia Farrow, his young wife to be in nothing lasts forever with him. In which case we would probably never have gotten to die hard, assuming it went forward. And she didn't do that movie. She, um, was going to star in Rosemary's baby. Mm-hmm. And she sort of chose her career, and he was so off put by that that he served her divorce papers on the set of Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. He sent someone to serve her divorce papers, um, and I just all of that is fascinating and ridiculous. And I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Can you imagine a Sinatra? Obviously, sure. it'd be a totally different movie. We wouldn't know about it, but being a like sixty something year old cop in this building with his young wife Mia Farrow, I yeah, guess no thanks. Bonnie Bedelia, <laughs> no thanks. Role, I think we'd be. Preferring Lethal Weapon as our Christmas cop movie in that case. Um, part of the trivia is that uh, that Jan de Bont, the DP of this movie, um, got Speed, caught in an or got trapped in an elevator during the filming of this movie. At some point, he was trapped, <laughs> uh, and 
that directly informed that opening sequence of Speed. Like he based it on his experience of being oh, trapped in an yeah, elevator during I the making of this because he directed Speed. Art imitates life, baby. Right. Again, great choice to be snacking. He's eating. Yeah, it's great. You give this speech. He won't be joining us for the rest of his life. (laughs) (laughs) For the rest of his life. You can walk out of here or be carried out. But have no illusions. We are in charge. So, decide now, each of you. And please remember... So <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! I think a lot of people, when they remake that sweatshirt, they put mm-hmm. ho 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 at the top, don't they? I, I uh, think that's a good question. I, think I don't people, know. I, have, I think people um, fuck almost, up. Yeah, I've almost pulled the trigger maybe ten times on uh, buying it. On, on buying that <laughs> yeah. from Amazon just because it's not right. I think he, I think you should make it. But go to go to Walmart, get a <laughs> shitty sweater. Yeah, it's better, just, right? It's better. It's better when you put if it's written. into it. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, a red sharpie. I'll tell you what. I know this isn't going to add anything to the podcast, but I have a gift bag from you since we are watching. Oh yeah, Christmas yeah. Movie and dropped off, and I'm going to look. I forgot about now, that. If that's okay. okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm sure you'll have some here. thoughts. It's uh, it's apparel, so it's a good segue. Yeah, yeah. This is Christmas 2020. Oh man! What, what did Kelly get, Patrick? A Maverick and Goose presidential race 2020 style shirt. More specifically, you know where I got that was in Annapolis, Maryland, the home of oh, the Naval of Academy. And uh, I had never been to Annapolis, but I went to Annapolis with Laurie and we walked around a bit. And I was like, that's something Patrick would love. So you I son got of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> I do love it. Thank you so yeah, much. Of course, man. This, man. Is, uh, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, do you really believe that I've lost that love and feeling? <laughs> I think that is the question. You lost it. Um, I hate it when he does that. <laughs> I hate it when he does that. All right. So that is yeah. one. I have multiple gifts here. There's, there's one more thing. I am fortunate in my friends. This is a the oh, annual. Nice. Did you get this from the new Bev? Yeah, yeah, they did this uh, recently. I got one for myself too, but this is a Christmas edition new Beverly shirt, Word, uh, new Beverly man. Cinema Christmas shirt. Yeah, thank Anyways, you. You're welcome. Are they selling online? Do you know for the, stuff? The, this one is like so. They n- the answer is no. The, all of the uh, normal merch that New Bev sells, which a lot of people want because we've gone a whole year without visiting them. Yeah. yeah. And they had so many good once upon a time shirts before COVID, um, which by the way, I have two of them and one of them is the best shirt I've ever owned, like in terms of the quality and its durability and and its comfort and everything. And so I'm like desperate to buy more of them, but they're just simply not selling their merch right now. That one is a collaboration. Some artists did that for them. I don't know if like proceeds are partially going to them or whatever, but it was through a third party website. Um, but, uh, they announced they, they had it on their social media. So it's, you know, it's their shirt, but, um, but it wasn't like one of their direct merch things. So anyways, yeah. but yeah, uh, glad well, you thank like you it. so much. Man. Of course, man. Great. <laughs> I, I only asked because I was going to mention on the podcast, like I, you know, just to support the theater, it'd be great if you go online and that's the thing. If, if they had their there. merch online, I feel like 
but I, I, I'm hoping, I don't know that it's been in the news, but I'm hoping Tarantino is just totally funding that place and all the people that work in it uh, I feel like to, a, to the nth degree. Because not. how much money could it possibly cost? Other than he probably, he probably owns the building, but even if he yeah. doesn't, who cares? Yeah. Um, they can't have a staff of more than five to ten people. So what if he's out a couple of million bucks for the year? You know what I mean? Right, it's it's right. probably worth it to keep Nothing everybody him, yeah. safe. Yeah. You know, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but um, on the on the TV version of this that I had uh, oh, yeah. on VHS that I watched a thousand times till it wore out. Um, when Bonnie Bedelia says, you know, something's wrong, and he says the cops, and he she says John. It's a hard cut on the TV version. I think they were just trimming time. But I've always felt like that was a better cut than her being like, he's like, what's he doing? His job, you know, and all that. Like, oh. it carries on for another couple of lines. That's and interesting. The, yeah. You know, and it's just because they were cutting it for time. But I mm-hmm. just always thought that was a more effective cut, like where she, like, just realizes John. it's John yeah. and right. then moves on. That's an interesting point. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, there's some made for TV editor somewhere that agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. He's, he's like, like, I'm going to re edit this. this fucking movie yeah if this is this an is emergency the, call moment. dial 911 on your telephone otherwise i'll have to report this as an fcc violation Fine. report me come the fuck down here and arrest me just send the police now i mean what a what a great response from him obviously that's yeah. yeah. the it's the only logical thing to say uh it really does make the lapd look uh, so oh. inept do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza is also a good response. <laughs> I mean, hilarious, yeah. <laughs> but this one's the just just because one. he's in peril doesn't mean he can't yeah. be having fun. I like how dismissive she is of it, where she says, "Ah, you know, let's send a car." Like she just heard gunfire. Send, you know send I mean? a vehicle. Like, <laughs> send a vehicle. Yeah, she's That's like, ah, he's making lots of noise. It's also always bugged me that wife. this guy yeah. behind the counter doesn't exactly she's look pregnant. like a string bean. Yeah. And he's really taking some jabs at the chubby right, cop. Right, you right. know, it's like, hey, buddy, like. It's called projecting, Patrick. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you got to knock others down. So it's the AM, PM. AM, PM. So, wait, so I'm pretty sure this is the same. I'm actually trying to remember exactly where this is supposed to be because I don't think this is still here. Yeah, I think we've talked about that this isn't there anymore because but I think I actually our buddy Chance wanted to go and like stand right. where that get is, some you know, Twinkies. Get that exact yeah. View. yeah, exactly. Um, get a night lady knocked up. Because this, this might thing. be from the eastern side of the Olympic. Uh, there is a gas station over there, but I don't think that's it. I don't, I don't think that's there anymore. But how often do gas stations go away? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a fair point. How fun would it be shooting a, sh- a shootout on a rooftop, like on a real rooftop? Oh God, yeah. yeah. Like I feel like like this. You know, we're never gonna do this again. Let's, right. Uh, let's get everything out of this one that we want. Right. The guns also sound so great. Yeah. This more applies to the interior scenes but there's one bit of trivia here that says um that the oh god where is it i lost it um let's see did i commit it to memory i sort of did i'll try um that the interior scenes that look out on la are largely um well okay wait a second so oh i found it through the building's windows, the lighting. Okay, so 
a lot of the scenes are practical, right? There is a set when right. they're in the, the, the big two-story Nagatomi-like lobby area. That's a set. Mm. But a lot of ah. the scenes are out the windows of the real building, you know, especially the scenes where he's on the, you know, under construction levels and stuff like that. Right. So it's incredibly hard to be filming indoors and see the lights of the city outside. So they used something that now is probably not a big deal, but it's a 50 millimeter 1.1 uh, anamorphic film lens, which is the fastest. Boobies. Boobies. The fastest lens available at the time. And so it has a very wide aperture. It's able to let in a lot more light than most cinema lenses. Um, but it creates a super out of focus background. So you get that nice, like, blurred lights outside, you know, right, look. Right. But, um, but very, very hard to accomplish that. And especially, you know, then I think lenses have gotten a lot better. But. Okay, so this is the. Um, what do they call this? Uh, the <laughs> keep wanting to say drive shaft. The air shaft. Drive, the drive shaft. <laughs> drive shaft. The band from Lost. Um, the, <laughs> the what is this called? The I, I honestly air don't shaft. Know. Um, I know the stack. You know, was where the you know for the plumbing and stuff runs. Let's see, all the way let's see if down. I have a a note. Of, I think I had a note about this stunt they're about to do. Well, I know that the stuntman actually slipped, right? Yes, that's the, that's the in, note that great. I have. Let's see. So, yeah, it says the scene where he falls down the shaft was a mistake by the stuntman who was supposed to grab the first vent. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. slipped and continued to fall, but the shot was used anyway. It was edited together with one where McLean grabs the next vent right, down. Right. So presumably the, the stuntman just fell. Um, no, no, on a pad, um, and then yeah, and then uh, edited it together. Happy accident, man. Right, Obviously, again, right. one more thing that's just it's more just effective, like more tension. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, no problem the other way, but this is better. Right, and right, exactly. Makes people just jump out of their seats and squirm. Happy accident, exactly. I want to mention as this is happening, um, uh, Reginald. Uh, Bell Johnson, yep. who who was obviously in uh, Family Matters, uh, which was something that I watched growing up. You know, this movie comes out one year before that, and it just kind of has always made me wonder, as sort of the warm cop, even though this is an action rated R movie, as kind of the warm sort of friendly cop uh-huh. that had any impact, you know, on that at all, or or maybe not. You know, maybe he'd already been cast by the time this came out. I don't know, but uh, but Family Matters came out in '89, started in '89. And um, this was obviously 88, so yeah. he's also the same age. Uh, he was born the same year as my father, uh, 1952. Oh, nice. Oh, here we go. Missed it. it. Yeah, you can kind of tell that the stuntman in that scene is not about to grab yeah. one. He is, yeah, he's, he's gone. Veering he's veering off the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly. definitely dead. That's interesting. All right. Can you, with your long, long arms, reach that shaft? <laughs> he's the famous. Yeah, so great. Air duct. It's a very big air duct. Yeah, big enough. That's the yeah. thing that's different in real life, right? Right. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. It's so great. You know, his kind of, God damn it, the yeah. whole time, you know, that's kind of mood, God damn it. And also him, you know, he snapped the neck of the first guy by accident, really, they were falling down the stairs. Right. And those really, obviously, this has been talked about at nauseum, but. 
uh, those are the things that kind of separate this movie, right? That he doesn't want to be a hero, he's annoyed by the whole thing, and also that he's just not the badass we were getting in other 80s no. movies with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, kind Sylvester of just Stallone. barely getting by. And yeah, I mean, we love those guys, but he's not. He's kind of a small, skinny guy, too. Yeah, he's built yeah. like a regular guy, like yeah. not an unfit guy. No, he's, he's very built like fit, a regular person, and he small. plays it like yeah. a regular person. Right. Um, also, two other things about that um, uh, air shaft. One, when I was in high school, the the a friend of mine, her, her dad had told me he worked at a, um, a Cherry Hospital is the the mental institution that's right outside of Goldsboro, and uh, there was a guy who tried to escape by going up into the air shaft, oh. and and got stuck and could not get through it. It was like way too small. Yeah, clearly didn't get very far. You watched this movie too many times. Well, not yeah. I was gonna say not trying to make light of like this person who had mental illness and sure. was trying to escape, but. The the first thing he said to me, he was telling me the story was just like, guess he saw Die Hard and he yeah. thought, you know, those shafts are big enough for that. But and I just remember, like, you know, that's like two thousand one, two thousand two. Right. And the first thing you're thinking about when somebody's crawling through an air shaft is Die Hard. The other thing is very fun and very easy to make yourself a Die Hard ornament. Uh, oh, if you right. just print out a picture of that and bend it, right, <laughs> and put it in a little square. You can take any yeah. little box, square as the elevator shaft. It looks um, great. It's a yeah. fun. Yeah, it looks looks better than it should. So. Right. Right. Anyway. That's a good good tip. Christmas tip. Well, Christmas tip with as, uh, yeah from from us to you. As Stevie Wonder drives his car around here, I am going to uh, make a quick restroom. Okay, cool. Restroom break. So carry on. Cool. We're all alone now. It's about time. Yep. Don't expect too much. This guy's got Twinkies to eat. No signs of disturbance, dispatch. 8030, Roger. Possible crank call. Check the area again. Possible crank call. Does he even have his headlights on? Stevie Wonder? Yeah. <laughs> I do see a guard inside. I'm gonna go in for a closer look. 8030, Roger. Use caution. I had a feeling you'd be calling. Good evening, officer. What can I do for you? Okay, I mean, if I were that cop, I'd be like, yeah, this guy's sketchy. He looks crazy. Nur ein Mann. Alex had a nervous and zeigefinger. MDB trivia says nine of the 12 of these German looking terrorists were over six feet tall. But only a couple of them could speak German. Because they were all cast for their appearance, not their nationality. That didn't make a sense. Where's the fucking cavalry? Come on. Probably throw a chair out this window. Brilliant. Finally, someone's doing something. about to throw the chair. Oh man, I'm jumping back into such an exciting part. 
around, do you? You mind no, if we I'm rewind? Sure. I'm not too familiar with this movie. I don't <laughs> want to be lost. Do not touch the dial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was... Free, motherfucker, drop it! Put that fucking gun down! I love this. Oh no. <laughs> the roll. Yeah. yeah, it's like a good roll. It's like this table's crazy. No. Yeah. I want to be clear, yeah. I love this scene. I have no problems with this scene. Right. That table you can so clearly shoot when it zigzags right. <laughs> the person that's under it. <laughs> but I but I I don't care. I love it. I'm with it. Don't change the thing. No, see, he's moving in the there exact, there exact pattern. Yeah, you, can't, okay. you can't see him. He's going left, this he's going right. Timer. He's going left, he's going right. Next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. Okay. Oh. That was a moment that was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. yeah. At the time. No problem at all. Merry Help Christmas. this, I gotta get home Merry to Steve Christmas Urkel. To right. Did I do need? Tearing my house to pieces. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. I apologize to all of our listeners for just saying this is so good so often. Yeah, this is so good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a lover of these movies. I don't know what to say. over here at Nakatomi Plaza. Everything here is okay. Over. But nobody has What? Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is the great. Okay, get ready. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also another great yeah. little moment. Yeah. Didn't need to be there. No, it's perfect because of it. Just like quick little shot. <laughs> That's a really, really cool stunt. Scary. Yeah, really. The car really cool. dropping out from under you, and I can tell you this because I was once in a car driving across a golf course that dropped into a sand trap. Oh, really? And that moment of just the like ground dropping falling. out from underneath yeah. you. Yeah, that is a story for another That's day. That's wild, man. Tweet into us and I'll. Wait, a golf cart or a car? A car. Okay. Um, actually, yeah. Who, what the hell? Um, so when you go to UCLA games, they play at the Rose Bowl. Okay. Um, and they park you on the golf course. And the problem with the night game is when you come out, there aren't really many lights and there's no one to direct you back to your right. car. So I went with my buddy Josh. He had parked there before, but he'd already parked in a certain spot that was filled up. Yeah. So we were very lost, and we were amongst hundreds of others who were lost because a thousand college students were all setting off their panic buttons trying to listen for their car oh my God. alarm to find their car. By the time we found it, so many people were gone, we didn't really know the way to drive off of the golf course because, again, you're in the fairway. So That's crazy. We just started driving towards car lights that you could see in the distance, but it's all dark. And we went over a couple hills, and like the third hill we went over just dropped out from under oh us. Gosh. I mean, I thought we were going to the water. Right, it was really, right. It was, too, it was too fast to get scared, yeah. but it was shocking. And then a group behind us of college kids jumped out of their, their you know, Jeep, and they just said, Oh my God, man, we were following you guys. We thought you knew where you were going. And they helped us push the car out of the sand trap. But um, it is a scary moment. Sure. So That's a wild story. Fortunately, terrorists were not chasing right. us. It was just stoner college kids. Just kids. 
some might say the worst. Very kind of you. California. Comes our Jeopardy reference. Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double Jeopardy where the scores can really change? Shout out to uh, Alex Trebek. Rest in peace. Um, that was one of the many, many clips when we used to do tours right, of Sony um, yeah. that they played that showing you how the things Pop in our reference. reference. Yeah. Yes, sir. Jeopardy. Pretty incredible. Oh, C4. Whoa. The cigarette seems very bad out for you. And that else is whoa. Pretty good. Mr. Mystery Guest. Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. <laughs> so this is all still part of the building. You said just the two-story lobby. I I don't know that. I don't know that to be a, a fact. This is very heavily set designed. This feels like a set. Um, Some of the rooms are so good. All I was saying is that they used a pretty significant amount of the building for practical filming. Obviously, all the exteriors. But when he's on the under construction levels, I'm pretty sure those are. I'm pretty sure none of those are sets. But I, I could be very wrong. I just know that's what I've always been told: is the building being under construction already? They were just able to kind of run floors. They just used. And people were working in the building. Do you know this? Working in the building at the time. Some of the offices had moved in down below, and they of course, of course, there was a lot of bumping heads with the whole. We're going to be setting off explosives again today. Um, we'll try to give everyone a heads up, but it's going to be going on for about eight hours. At least it's all at night, though. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, towards the end of the day. Eat it, Harvey. I love this. Hi. Another crossover here from Lethal Weapon to Die Hard coming up with Gail Wallace. Oh, right. She's the police therapist. Much more memorable in her turn in Lethal Weapon uh, as she returns for everyone. She doesn't have much to do in this one, yeah. She didn't have much to do in Lethal Weapon. She's just there to tell them that Riggs is crazy. Right. But by the second and then third and especially the fourth, fourth one, they've the really where the comedy. fucks with her in the <laughs> Oh, my God. It's very satisfying. Yeah. You're, you're disgusting. You're disgusting. <laughs> I can't marry you. I can't okay? marry you. I know. <laughs> you'll find, you'll find someone. someone. I mean, not in this department, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. Massive problems. How's your schedule? Three down, four to go. Don't waste time talking to me. Cool. Cool. This is Sergeant Al Powell of the Los Angeles Police Department. Mm. If the person who radioed for help can hear me on this channel... Acknowledge this transmission. Mm. I say again. If the person who radioed for help on this channel can hear me, acknowledge this transmission. I read you, pal. You the guy in the car? What's left of him? Can you identify yourself? Not now. Maybe later. Listen fast. This is a party line. The neighbor's got itchy trigger fingers. All right, here's the deal. You got 30 or so hostages on the 30th floor. We have to find him and shut him up. He's telling them everything. Let him. I'm waiting for the FBI to arrive until then. He can waste as much time as he likes. But we must find the bag, Fritz. Go help, Oli. We must have the detonators. They got missiles, automatic weapons, and enough plastic explosives. He was 12 terrorists, right? I think that's right. Now, count the skydiver you met. 
These guys are mostly European, judging by their clothing labels and... Yeah, he said down to nine. Cigarettes. The pause in that moment is because he thinks he hears something, well, how do you know that? that long pause looking back. You know, um, I never read it that way. I read that as that he was coming up with the cigarettes like he, it just is occurring to him, the brand. He's, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know that that was a fully formed thought until that moment, judging by their clothing labels and their, they had cigarettes, you know. But I, Interesting I could be wrong. Because I don't know. Well, no, no, you you may be right, but this I don't know if you'll remember that when we went and saw Die Hard and Die Hard Two a double feature, and the director oh, yeah? of Die Hard Two was there. Remember, we a sure. long time ago at the Egyptian well, theater. Um, someone asked that question in the crowd, really, and very clearly the director didn't understand the question. Right. He didn't end up really answering it, and the and the mediator, the guy who was hosting, didn't really come back to it. And yeah. you could tell how disappointed the guy was because <laughs> he had asked it after watching you know a full movie with well, a second one coming sure, out. It yeah. was like, hey, why? that pause and he didn't get, ever get an answer and I've always wondered since then I didn't wonder so much before I, then I but. think if a if the director of a film or well, who was it that was answering well see that's the thing was it a producer it was the director of the second oh, movie yeah, yeah, so yeah. that he just said what's your read on that why he did that he didn't actually direct him in the oh, movie, okay. so well, maybe he wouldn't have had an answer I don't know well who in the hell you been talking to we don't know that either sir he won't give us his name I don't know if this makes me the weirdo, but I I saw this movie a a long time before I ever saw Breakfast Club, and that movie didn't really stick in my mind, but having this guy be the principal from Breakfast Club, and also um, this page, she's a diehard, oh man, for the 80s, such a... In fact, I think he's a cop. Maybe not LAPD, but he's definitely a badge. How do you know that? A hunch. Things he said. Like being able to spot a phony ID. Jesus Christ, it's very effective Al? for the movie, but the fact that he is so against his own cop from the very beginning, yeah. the only guy that's been there, right. it's, it's kind of absurd. Like, it's oh like, no, I all right. So. Yeah, I have a good quote about that later, so we'll we'll come back to that. But yes, it's absolutely insane. I'd like to know McTiernan's read on the kind of justification of that character and how he plays in and and why because it 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 is one of the great kind of things in this movie where you're like oh man another thing where you could have just had people out front talking to him everything is so tight and then this one guy is i don't know it's not well it's not that it's not a realized character it just is kind of like why I, i i would just like to know because it feels lowbrow compared to the rest of this movie. That's definitely true. But, you know, in terms of things going on outside the building, there's a lot of other things happening, right? Like, you get Pal and you get him communicating with him, but then you have this police chief who's always chiming in and he's always wrong. But then you have the handoff to the FBI agents. Right. Who, there's even the kind of level of comedy playing in with uh, Sergeant Johnson. This is Sergeant Johnson, no relation. Right. Um, and all of that, they're, they're all sure, befuddled right. idiots. I don't know if maybe he was trying to make a comment about, he just talked about authoritarian, authoritarianism, but, um, uh, no, authoritarianism, but, um, you know, the fact that everybody except for Powell is kind of an idiot yeah. or they end up playing out that way. Mr. Takagi chose his people well, Mrs. Gennaro. Miss Gennaro. Mm. She's lying. <laughs> Great to have it in the shop, though, with her name on the door. Right? Like, 
Tonight, Los Angeles has joined the sad and worldwide fraternity of cities whose only membership requirement is to suffer the anguish of international terrorism. Mm. Approximately two hours ago, an unidentified group of men seized control of the Nakatomi. We kind of talked over this, but I love when he's first talking and he says, I can get us a table. Wolfgang and I are very good friends. The only communication now possible has been through the use of CB communicators, which the group apparently brought with them. According to official sources, I have one of those. Unit 5, hold your position at the main entrance. All right, guys, this is what we got. We got Charlie Unit in position. I would by the definitely be freaked out, but I also think if you were down there in a limo yeah. and you turned out the lights and you kind of laid down, you'd I be think fine. You could, you could be there for a long <laughs> right. time before they anybody would really check. Well, and that's what ends up happening, right? He's just kind of hanging yeah. until Throughout he's needed or until he can help. That's crazy. There could be over 30 hostages in there for all we know. We don't know shit, pal. If there's hostages, how come nobody's come to us with ransom demands, huh? If there's terrorists in there, where's their list of demands? All we know is that somebody shot your car up. It's probably the same silly son of a bitch you've been talking to on that radio. Same Excuse me, sir! But what about the body that fell out the window? Well, who knows? It's probably some stockbroker got depressed. We're ready for <laughs> that, you. That's the right, most absurd response in the entire right, It's thing. insane. And, it's and, and you know... <laughs> It, it to the, to the movie's defense or in their defense, um, it, you know, Van Johnson, mm-hmm. what's his first name? Reg. Did I go by Reg? Reginald. Yeah. Reg. He is very resistant throughout. Like he, you know, he's an appropriate amount annoyed with all of these things. Yes. He's not just put off and then kind of goes on. He, he's hyper aware of how stupid these other people are. And it kind of... All right, let's load them up. Blue go. Because I think it, when you have a, a really stupid, idiotic character in a movie... And the movie doesn't comment on how stupid they're being. Then you go, you know what? The character's stupid, but the movie is also stupid because it's not right, a- right. acknowledging it. This acknowledges it so head-on with Reg's kind of constant, you know, battling with this guy that right. you're like, all right, well, at least. I mean, and and if 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 you're trying to make the point that. No one could be that stupid. Well, that's also there's no way that's true <laughs> with everything we've seen yeah, from you know law enforcement and government and politicians. Like there's you know, so it I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, get trapped, buddy. Better hang out in that car. I love it. This is great. This is fucking great as, detail. As a moment how, does he, in this movie. how does he do it? Uh, you know, it's so I, good. If I could separate, of course, from financial compensation in this moment, yeah. too, we already talked about. Um, if I could go through some of my favorite <laughs> movies and be the guys who are in that one shot, yes. but do that thing that's so memorable, that's like on the the Mount Rushmore of those let's moments get, for me. Let's get a crunch bar. This, this, this. Looking around. <laughs> the music beat, also, the music cue. Really amps it up. Like, why put that in there? It's so good. McTiernan, man. It. 
right, Theo's about to do his play-by-play, -play, I think. The police have themselves an RV. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's quite quite a good commentator. That. Shut up. Oh, shut up. Yeah, there you go. Let's go. <laughs> no man left behind. No, no! Yeah, they're uh, way out in the <clears throat> open. All right. Listen up, guys. I'm not sure that's the one you think. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except the four assholes coming in the rear in standard two-by-two two cover formation. Okay, we're all set. We're ready. Kick ass. <laughs> Go! Right. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they play him up so much to be an idiot. I, I, I do it's like just... that this is traditionally a machismo movie like we just right. said. Right. And the fact that it's self-aware and it kind of makes fun of that right. while having the hero not be that guy, right. I do think makes it a much more aware action That's movie. That's exactly the point. Right? Especially yes. in this era. And, and knowing what John McTiernan kind of stands for. He's so anti yeah. all yeah. of this. They're going so after the lights. <laughs> They're going after the lights. It's not happening. Mike! Bert. Oh, cool. Don't be impatient. Just wound them. Just wound them. Get them back. They're sitting ducks no, up no, there. They're almost light. in. Get them back. They're almost in. Send in the car. Send in the car. Send in the car! Is it a car? Send in the clouds! Yeah, exactly. Send in the car! Oof. Oof. Great screaming here. Report. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we here, gentlemen? The police have themselves an RV. Pretty cool. A lot of complaints, from what I understand, about the people around these neighborhoods because they were shooting this at night for the stuff like this, where oh, they had yeah. to move vehicles late at night, turn on these lights. The helicopters, particularly, I think they had one, maybe two passes at right. it. And it's kind of incredible they even let them fly oh, God, helicopters yes. that low of, of between those buildings. It's incredibly I mean, it's, it impressive. looks unbelievable. It's super impressive, yeah. I feel like they'd never do that now. Well, obviously, I would, now, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to think we could there. do this. Yeah, there are quite a lot of neighborhoods immediately around Century City. Yeah, um, I, can, yeah. I can understand that. And there are some condo buildings right there. Now, this movie, I believe, was released in the summer. Yeah, it's July so Christmas 20th, angle is, yeah. July 20th, 88. I meant to say that at the beginning, but I didn't. Should we start over? <laughs> I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. No, I don't think so either. And when you drive by this and you see the tiny little staircase, you're like, oh, oh I know. so weird. I know. 
such a sports fan. Hit it again. Aren't you motherfucker? You made your point. Let him pull back. Thank you, Mr. Cowboy. I'll take it under Mr. Cowboy. Thank you, Mr. Cowboy. I mean, great idea. Fuck me. <laughs> How did they do the explosion here? The, like the exterior? So um, I'm, I'm under the impression that it's all real um, based on a couple of things. Um, let's see. Uh, Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. More dead yeah, yeah, we can put some more in there. <laughs> in the making of feature at... Director John McTiernan revealed that a majority of the exterior shots of the building showing explosions were real, full-scale explosions set off in and around the actual building. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know which one specifically they're talking about, but this one, which is the big one, which essentially blows out the windows of an entire level, um, and then you have a, a, the shaft. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, look at that. Jesus. And then you have essentially the fire coming up the shaft. Yeah, the fireball. Uh, yeah, it's, it looks very practical to me. <laughs> God knows, man. You know? Pretty cool. One of the great old shit jump out of the way. Right. Moments. It's hidden. <laughs> John. Holy shit. This movie was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress in 2017 for being, quote, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. As it should be. That's an interesting list. Have you ever looked through that list? No, but that would be cool. I mean, there are a lot of things that obviously you're just like, of course, this is just iconic. Seems like every year or two or whenever, I don't know what their routine is. Yeah, they add a few more, but um, it's probably not an incredibly long list, you know. It's not, and and there are some that are. I mean, most of them, I think, are kind of universally agreed upon. But then there's every now and again there'll be one that kind of pops out that you're like, huh, okay, they they put that one on, but they haven't put this one right. on, right? You know, it's it's just interesting. Yes, sir. That was great. Now you listen to me, Mister. I don't know who in the hell you think you are or what you're doing, but you just destroyed a building. Now, we do not want your help. Is that clear? We don't want your help. I've got 100 people down here, and they're covered with glass. Glass? Who gives glass. a shit about glass? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> this is Deputy Chief of Police Dwayne T. Robinson, and I am in charge of this situation. Oh, you're in charge? Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. From up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit. You listen to me, you little asshole. I'm a Asshole? I'm not the one who just got butt-fucked on national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> now you listen to me, jerk-off. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Quit being part of the fucking problem and put the other guy back yeah. on. I mean, they call him out on every beat. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not just a stupid character hey, Roy, that's meandering through this story. And, and, you know, it... Hey, look, I love you. I love so you. So do a lot of the other guys. I love you. So you hang in there, man. You hear me? You hear me? 
You hang in there. Okay. Yeah, thanks, partner. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've, I've, I'm terrified to do so many drugs, cocaine. I feel like I'd be the guy who would have a heart attack the first time. But if I was about to try to negotiate with Tony Gruber, I'd take a bump. This is the time. This is the time. Yeah. Gonna have a time. Hey. Sprekensy talk. Sprekensy talk. If you listen to me, he would be neutralized already. I don't want neutral. I want dead. Hope I'm not interrupting. What does he want? It's not what I want. It's what I can give you. I love this. I love this. It's a wonderful scene, yeah. Should I shoot him? Like, just the hand. Yeah, yeah. Just no, the subtle no, 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 on the no, gun. No, no, hang on. No, no, no. He's like, I'll just kill this him. This guy's an idiot. So <laughs> don't need to He's kill like, him. I'm already, annoyed. <laughs> I'm already annoyed. It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck up here to snatch a few purses. Am I right? You're very perceptive. <laughs> I watched 60 Minutes. I say to myself, <laughs> really these guys are professional. They're amazing. motivated. They're happening. I.e., they want something, huh? Now, personally, I couldn't care less about your politics. Maybe you're pissed off at the camel jockeys. Maybe it's the Heaves, Northern Ireland. This it's is actually a good I figure Halloween you're here costume to negotiate. I could do. Am I right? Dude, Beca- you because totally you, you realize that one of the primary <laughs> hey, problems with costumes for me is the beard. You use a gun, I use Nothing a I want to do has a beard. No, fair point. This is you're just a simple wig and suit, and then I'm him. But you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around As a the kid, building. I had fully right? uh, designed my own diehard. I'm your white knight. Boom. Sorry, go ahead. You had designed your own what? No, no, no. I designed my own Bruce Willis costume. It was literally just uh-huh. the gray pants with uh, I was going to go barefoot. Yep. But I had a TikTok or Tic Tac can that I had like actually sprayed silver, cool. you know, to have like the uh, lighter. And then I ended up just going as Indiana Jones. Oh, nice. Okay. That's good too. <laughs> Never ended up getting to it. <laughs> you got to work on that smile, Kelly. If you're going to do it, you got to work yeah, on that smile. Yeah, that's fair. Bro, are you all right? The other thing, this is incredibly nitpicky, who cares, but the fact that they heard him on the 30th floor, right. the Twinkie was so bad that he's like, ah! <laughs> like, oh my god. It's like, why wouldn't the terrorists be running up there to shoot him? Yellow dye number five. Just everything a growing boy needs. How many kids you got, huh? Well, as a matter of fact, my wife is working on our first. How about you, cowboy? I'm going to name him Urkel. No, you got any kids back on your ranch? <laughs> that was his nephew, right? Or yeah. I forget uh, what the... He was the neighbor. Oh, he, he, was, was he wasn't he was related to them at all? His, sure. No, he was in love with the daughter. I totally forgot. He would never leave. Honestly, it's okay. I watched Family Matters religiously. Of course, of course. But you're going to have to bring the ice cream. Yeah, we all did, but it shouldn't stick the way a does. Or should I call you Mr. McLean? Mr. Officer, Mr. Officer John McLean of the New York Police Department. <laughs> Get on the phone to Harry in here. Come on, baby, move. move. Got it. Better get hold of somebody. Sister Teresa called me Mr. McLean in the third grade. Yeah. My friends call me John. You're neither shithead. Mm. I have someone who wants to talk to you. We really graduate from shithead up to fuckhead for a diehard with a vengeance. Oh, so much tension there, thinking it's his wife, right? Hey, John Boy. John Boy. Hey, Ellis. John Boy. <laughs> so yeah. dumb. Now listen, John, give me a few minutes to try to talk some sense into you. I know you think you're doing your job, John, and I can appreciate that, but you're just dragging this thing out. Now look, no one gets out of here until these guys can talk to the L.A. police, and that just ain't going to happen until you stop messing up the works, capiche? 
Alice, what have you told them? I told them we were old friends and you were my guest at the party. It's also... Alice, you shouldn't be doing this. A very... Tell me about it. Of huge credit to Bruce Willis that he plays this very scared All right, Alice. Alice. Oh, yeah. Oh, my he's God. He's not dismissive yeah. of him. He knows he's going to die. And he is trying to make that point. Desperate. Like, des- he's truly desperate. Dude, he tries to give him so many outs, too. And, and right. honestly, it's Jonathan, subtle, but the look on his me. face when he thinks it's going to be Holly, yeah. when he says a special friend, and then that yeah, shift yeah. to, like, he relief kind of is listening to the program yeah. a little, huh? The police are here now. It's their problem. Now, tell these guys where the detonators are so no one else gets hurt. You know, I'm putting my life on the line for you, pal. I love this look. Yeah, you like that? Shut up, fellas. Just shut your mouth. Put Hans back on the line. Hans... This shithead does not know what kind of man you are, but I do. Listen. Good. Then you'll give us what we want and save your friend's life. You're not part of this equation. It's time you realized that. Hey, what am I, a method actor, Hans? <laughs> Babe, put away the gun. This is radio, not television. <laughs> Hans, this asshole is not my friend. I just met him tonight. I don't know him. Jesus Christ, Ellis, these people are going to kill you. Tell them you don't know me. <laughs> John, how can you say that after all these years, huh? John. John. Yeah, it's this d- pretty fucked up. Hand through the bullet hole of the head. Do you remember the shot? Um, no. It's coming up, but really. Talk to me. Where are my detonators? Where are they, or shall I shoot another one? Sooner or later, I might get to someone you do care about. Go fuck yourself, Hans. Nice. What Did you dead? hear that? He just let the guy die, man. He just gave him up. Give me that headset. <laughs> That's like pulling the trigger. Can right, man, can't you see what's happening? Can't you read between the lines? On the right yeah, channel. Yes, sir. He did everything he could to save him. Every fucking beat. If he gave himself up, yeah. they both yeah. beat. Like, what else can you do? No way, He's you here know? for one thing. Yeah. Talking to us. Listen, you tell this partner of yours, pal, to stay the hell out of this from now on. You hear me? Because if he doesn't, I'm gonna nail him, boy. I'm really gonna nail his ass now. Believe the me. The man is hurting. He is alone. Tired, and he hasn't seen diddly squat from anybody down here. Now you're gonna stand there and tell me that he's gonna give a damn about what you do to him if he makes it out of there alive? Why don't you wake up and smell what you're shoveling? Yeah. Listen to me, Sergeant. Anytime you want to go home, you consider yourself dismissed. No, sir. You couldn't drag drag me away. Attention, police. So good. good. So good. He's like, I know it's the second best moment for Reginald. This is Sergeant Al Powell. Uh, this is uh, Deputy Chief Dwayne Robinson. Who is this? This is Hans Gruber. I assume you realize the futility of direct action against me. We have no wish for further loss of life. No. Well, uh, what is it you do wish for, Mr. Gruber? I have comrades in arms around the world <laughs> languishing in prison. The American State Department enjoys yes. rattling its saber for its own ends. Now I can really? rattle it for me. I like the idea that... They the following the people are to be released. They do the same captors. kind of like bait and switch Northern thing Ireland, with seven Jeremy Irons. Like, oh yeah, they just yeah. have this Canada, thing about the them where they love just misdirecting, and it's very and intelligent. And McLean figuring it out and, and saying, "I know him. I know the family." Exactly. Right? Where he's like, "It's not what they're doing." Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? 
I tried to pull something off on this, I would have kept my thumb on the button by accident. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, whoops. And they will accompany us in helicopters to the Los Angeles International Airport, where they will be given further instructions. You have two hours to comply. Wait a minute, Mr. Gruber. This is crazy. I don't have the authority. What a bourbon. Jesus. Hello? Hello? Danny, did you get all that? Let's Flew into Burbank a couple calls. days ago from Maryland. It's a fucking dream. It's a dream. Nobody there. That airport. Fucking no one there. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, every time. Walk Zero. right out to the car. Are we on schedule? Boom. One more to go, then it's up to you. And you better be right, because it looks like this last one's going to take a miracle. It's Christmas, Theo. It's the time of miracles. So <laughs> be of good cheer and call me when you hit the last lock. Yeah. He's such Carl. Yeah. Hunt that little shit down and get those detonators. Fritz is checking explosives. I'll check the explosives. You just get the detonators. Hey, pal, you out there? I'm here, John. I'm here. You gotta believe me, there's nothing I could do. Well, it's gonna be both our asses if you're wrong. I hear you. You catch that bullshit Hans was running? Doesn't make sense, man. Hey, don't ask me, man. I'm just a desk jockey who was on my way home when you rang. Well, you drove that car. I figured you for the street, Al. In my youth. In my youth. An author of Hostage Terrorist, Terrorist Hostage, A Study in Duality. Great title for Dr. a book, Hasselhoff, by the way. what can we expect in the next few hours? Well, Gail, by this time, the hostages should be going through the early stages of the Helsinki syndrome. As in Helsinki, Sweden. Finland. <laughs> Basically, it's when the hostages and the terrorists go through a sort of psychological transference and a projection of dependency. A strange sort of trust and bond develops. We've had situations where the hostages have embraced their captors after their release and even corresponded with them in prison. No, 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 darling. Asian Dawn. Dawn. <laughs> D A W N, sir. I, yeah, sir. The FBI is here. Oh, the FBI is here now. Yes, sir. Right over there. Oops. What a breath, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm Agent Johnson. This is Special Agent Johnson. <laughs> oh, how you doing? No relation. How you doing? <laughs> I'm. uh... I'm Dwayne Robinson, LAPD. I'm in charge here. Not anymore. Awesome. Pretty great. Pretty great line. Yet another one of these sequences that takes the all the action that would have already been good to another level. Oh, yeah. The, you know, the verbal sparring here yep. and working this into the movie. I mean, <laughs> also just putting Alan Rickman on display. And probably the moment where we see the most intelligent John, right, throughout the whole thing. The kind of yeah, he's really using his, his wits, and, and, yeah. right, or shoes off, so to speak. <laughs> it's just so believable too, because you can see why somebody would be taken from from this performance, but it also takes him a second to key into it. Yep. Like there's that moment first, Hi but there. then. How you doing? They 
they say this was totally unrehearsed, which is why it has this feeling of like them meeting for the first time and everything. That's wild. Yeah. Presumably it's all scripted, but it, you know, they kind of work through it as you can see them working through it as they go. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing up here? What were you looking for? I managed to get out of there and... Uh, well, I was just trying to get up on the roof and see if I could signal for help, you know. <laughs> you know. From here, why, do, why don't you come in and help? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 we don't. Forget the roof. Come on, come on. I said forget the roof. They got people all over. Come on, you want to stay alive, you stay with me. Well, the best, best way we can figure it is we've got maybe... Three we haven't talked about it too much, but uh, John McTiernan, big fan of the lens flare. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say he does it much more effectively. Oh, no yeah. hate JJ. I still like JJ, yeah. but this is kind of like the guy who laid the groundwork for the kid who came along and really liked that lens flare and then amped it up to 11 you know, for his movies to the point it became kind of a joke. What about John McClain? He's the reason why we have the information we have up until now. He's also the reason why you're facing seven terrorists instead of 12. He's inside? Who is he? Well, he might be a cop. I don't know. We're checking on that. One of yours? No, no way. No, no way. way. My cops are not effective. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly... <laughs> what, are you, what point are you making? Do you smoke? <laughs> yeah. 12 terrorists, 12 nights of Christmas. This is clearly a Christmas movie. <laughs> yes. By the way, this is commentary Back. number 12. No shit. Yep. You don't? We're, God, we're good, man. Happy accidents, they call yeah. that. And if you're not one of them. I'm a cop from New York. New York? Yeah. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Yeah. Better being caught with your pants down, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm John McClane. You're, uh. Clay. Oh, you seem like you had him. Bill, Clay. It's very good. Yeah. Now to use a handgun, Bill. I spent a weekend at a combat ranch. You know that game with the guns that shoot red paint? Probably seems kind of stupid to you. Well, time for the real thing, Bill. Mm. It's a great test. Yeah. It's just I mean the way he's holding the gun. Yeah, it all. all it all works. I got to so. just pull the trigger. You gotta do this poetry. Come on. Yeah. You don't want like to be a movie star. Yeah. You can tell. Put on the gun and give me my detonators. Well, well, Hans, put it down. Yeah. 
now. It's pretty tricky with that accent. You gotta be on fucking TV with that accent. You have a guest spot on Moonlighting. Yeah. But what do you want with the detonators, Hans? I already used all the explosives. Or did I? I'm going to count to three. Yeah. Like you did with Takagi. Oops. Oops. This is a great response, though. You're saying. Anything I'm fucking stupid? Yeah. Right. Also, also super important, right? Because obviously he's clocked Hans, but Hans now having clocked him yeah. ends up being huge for the the last act reveals. Ugh, all this glass. Okay, I gotta pee real quick. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, it hurts my knees. Now, apparently one of the very few problems they had with Rickman is he had, like, never fired a gun, or at least nothing like this, and they just couldn't get him believable at first with the guns and not to, like, blink a ton, but um, he seems pretty realistic and effective to me. Throughout this scene. Also, a great choice to deliver the line and shoot the glass in another language first, just to emphasize it. I'm just thinking about his feet <laughs> by this point every time. Oh, shit. You definitely feel it, man. You definitely feel being just trapped and under complete siege here. That's maybe the one beat in this entire thing that feels like a little, like they threw a little much at it. Right. More than they needed. If it, if it didn't have the music, like, staying right there, then it might be okay. But, yeah. like, you know, it's yeah, like, music cue and it's yeah, like, well. it's a little intense. Yeah. I think what they were indicating here, maybe that he's just a loose cannon at this point. It doesn't matter. They're back in charge. He wants to kill him so bad, I guess. But it's still an over-the-top moment, moment. You get all you need out of this moment. Right? Yeah, exactly. When he freaks yeah. out. And her response. Yeah, it's so God, great. That God, man looks so really pissed. <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> Only John can drive somebody that crazy. That's great. <laughs> She's the delight. Yeah, really, really, really great. Really fantastic. Really fantastic. 
And this is just ugh, the worst. It's the most gruesome thing. Yeah. Dude. The, the shard he I mean, pulls out. Pots. The bottom of your feet are just so tender, like the ice. Soft little foot. It's Listen, speaking of someone who has had some pretty severe issue, I mean, yeah. severe as far as feet go, uh, issues with plantar fasciitis, and just, it is debilitating when you, you can't step, and you have that piercing pain, and, you, you know, not being able to walk affects you. I uh, <laughs> can't imagine something like this. Chalk up two more bad guys. Well, the boys down here will be glad to hear that. <sighs> you know we got a pool going on you. What kind of odds am I getting? You don't want to know. Oof. What the hell are you talking about, man? Something had to get you off the street. What's the matter? You don't think jockeying papers across a desk is a noble effort for a cop? No. I had an accident. Drive, I can see why. What'd you do? Run over your captain's foot with the car. I shot a kid. He was 13 years old. Oh, it was dark. I couldn't see him. He had a ray gun look real enough. You know, when you're a rookie, they can teach you everything about being a cop except how to live with a mistake. Anyway, I just couldn't bring myself to draw my gun on anybody again. Sorry, man. Hey, man. How could you know? I feel, I feel like these are the, the moments we've kind of lost in just the upping the pace so much, you know, for well, action and stuff now. Matter. Like, they're, they're, they rarely the take LAPD long enough to really... I mean, that really resonates, anymore. you know, and it's a... It's not only good character stuff, character. like you say... It's the it gives it gives McLean this chance to go to like a bathroom and recoup, yeah, and like yes. have some moments of peace where nothing's happening. It's yeah, it's very good, hundred percent, and it makes those moments where of explosion bigger, right? Like yes. it makes that you absorb them more because you have you know you can't if you dial it up to eleven and keep it there the entire time. Yeah, there's no time to breathe. You know you get desensitized to yeah. everything and. The circuits that cannot be cut are and, cut and not to mention the idea to that he's physically injured in this moment and he's having to contend with that. So many of these movies you don't, you know. Yes, yes. They, they don't get so injured. <laughs> By Die Hard 4, they definitely don't. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Body surfing down. Oh, God, it's so bridge. fucking dumb. Uh, you cheese grater on your skin. Even in... Even in with a vengeance, I feel like there's a pretty good amount of like pain. Oh God! You yeah, know, he, dude, Bo- he both of them, all the, of them. I mean, yeah, I'll beat out. exactly. Right. It's just like they just feel destroyed. I mean, the 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 spike or whatever that he he bites out of his arm to try to pick the lock. Right, the, it's know, a splinter from the the yeah. high tension cable. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this yeah, gross. Tension cable that thing splitting that guy in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do Die Hard with a Vengeance okay. sometime on one of these commentaries. <laughs> okay, cool. I love everyone. Or as so. Jess calls it, my all-time favorite when we watch this series, is she said, oh, it's Scavenger Hunt, the action right, movie. Right. I, I love this. <laughs> like, it's my two favorite things, action movies and scavenger hunts. I mean, my sister tried unsuccessfully to explain the water math equation to me for hours oh, yeah. when yeah, I was yeah. little. We've talked about that, but it's just like... 
I'm too stupid to understand that. that well, I've had the same riddle. conversation <laughs> with my buddy uh, Jason Walston, who who says you can do it. But in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong too, because I'm I'm no genius, math genius. But I think you have to be at the starting point that they give you to be able to do it. Like I think it, you know, they cut back to that scene and they're like, okay, we got a gallon here and we got a gallon here. Oh, and they don't kind of show it. the middle. But yeah. I don't understand how they got to how that. They got part, to it. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you have exactly? A gallon Interesting. Here? Yeah. Uh, Great choice of music here once again. Right. I mean, everything, the way this is filmed and shot. Uh-huh. And to put this in here to kind of push the story while McLean is recouping to give him time to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And now you've gotten a little more about Powell, and then you get this. It just keeps everything carrying. Merry Christmas. So well. Another great. Yeah. Probably pissing in their pants. What are we going to do now? Arrest them for not paying their electric bill? We've shut them down. We let them sweat for a while, then we give them helicopters. And then we right up the ash. Eat chips. Another right really weird connection on this is these two Sergeant Johnsons yep. are both in the James Bond movie License to Kill. They sure are. And they the only cross paths for like a second. Like one Yeah, one they're enemies, scene. right? Like yeah. you've got the main villain and then just kind of a side character friend yeah, of Felix Leiter, exactly. CIA agent. Pretty weird. And it's strange that, yeah, that, and what that year was, was that? 89. 89. 89. Yeah. So that was literally a year after this. Whatever. This is Special Agent Johnson of the FBI. The State Department has no, the arranged for the return of your comrades. Helicopters are en route, as you requested. General Raddick is currently being released. General Raddick is everything you have. Spent a month sifting through the rubble, and by the time they figure out what went wrong, we'll be sitting on a beach, earning twenty percent. Pal. Yo, pal, you got a minute? I'm here, John. Listen, man, I'm starting to get a bad feeling up here. I want you to do something for me. Um, <clears throat> I want you to find my wife. Don't ask me how, by then you'll know how. Uh, I want you to tell her something. I want you to tell her that... Um, Told her it took me a while to figure out uh, what a jerk I've been. But, um, that. That when things started to pan out for her, I should have been more supportive. And, uh, I just should have been behind her more. Tell her that, um, that she's the best thing that ever happened to a bum like me. She's heard me say I love you a thousand times. She never heard me say I'm sorry. And I want you to tell her that, Al. I want you to tell her that, uh, John said that he was sorry. Okay? 
You got that, man? Yeah, I got it, John. The acting really is but better. You can tell about that yourself. Any right yep. to have um, the character just stuff resonates so well, and also structurally, me? you know, we just yeah, broke into the vault. I mean, we just launched into the third and concluding act, right? And these little character beats that elevate it just coincide with that perfectly right before you launch yeah. into this final act that's going to involve yeah. all of these things, the, the vault, but then John coming and then also John. eventually Powell. It's the preparing for war kind of mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. But instead of having it like the Rambo gear up, right, right. where we just tie on. The, and it's, I love Rambo. It's a more like emotional gear up. Life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's a realistic. Minute, yeah. Right. This is the most fucked up. Scene oh my god! It makes me so mad. Well, that's why she threatens to fucking kill him in the next movie. Yeah. What a piece of shit! Yeah, he's he's the real villain of this movie. <laughs> I know. We all kind of like Hans. Right? Yeah, Hans is no fine. Likes, this is the no most evil this person guy. in this. Because he hopped on his left foot across that glass. What are you doing, Hans? What are you doing? Cheek right here. Right. John. John. John, come in. Did you get that? Uh, some about a double cross. <laughs> so, I don't know. Tell I don't know. Oh yeah, no big deal. She always says I wasn't listening, or I was. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> she said something about, she said me, something not, about me not paying attention. Not sure. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't listening. That's great. This is, again, kind of a juxtaposition against Lethal Weapon, where, not to say it's not brutal, but, like, you know, Mel is the the machine, right? Like, he is the Lethal Weapon or whatever and kind of knows all the Kung Fu stuff. This fight, by contrast, is just sort of so brutal and, like, throwing each other into stuff yeah. and headlocks and just punching each other as hard as they possibly can in the face as much as they can. Uh-oh. Nice lens, man. Is this something you'd like to say to them if they're watching? Ugh. That is fucking heartbreaking. I know. Jesus. Come home. Oh, this is fucking evil. McLean residence. Lincoln McLean speaking. This is McLean. Oh, shit. Oh, nice. The lady behind her with I'm the hand in the mouth. You are great. Oh no. That's a rack focus. Brother Squill, 
I shouldn't like it no, so no, much. It's so enjoyable. Can we take out the terrorists? Lose 20, 25% of the hostages. Tops. I can <laughs> live with guys. that. I can live with that. Get this thing on the deck. Just this the worst possible representation yeah. of an FBI. Terrible. But this is cool. Oh, it's great. Oh, my God. And the idea of these, like, Hueys or whatever these are flying through Central City is just so badass. The shit talk while fighting from John McClane is next level. He does this very well in it's, it's all so three of these real. movies. I think it yeah. drops off later. I think, yeah. honestly, that's that's the main kind of difference to me in his character is that in the later movies, he's just more quiet. He just simply doesn't yeah, have the, the, you know, <laughs> the banter for the paycheck. Yeah. But I also wonder, because you're like, well, if it were scripted, then he'd probably be saying it. You yeah. know what I mean? Maybe it just wasn't, the character wasn't scripted, though. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's one of the well, that's the fun. thing. I think, like, when they're fighting, I think that's Bruce in these early ones just saying, yeah, I'm going to cook you, I'm going to fucking eat you. You, know, I, all this you don't stuff, think like, that's written? I, I, you know what? Maybe it was. I mean, but I, I, I just knowing, writing dialogue while you're fighting, I'm not saying there's nothing, you never do that. But right. It feels much more organic than most that's stuff fair. that's written. That's fair. That. That's fair. It's getting brutal. I love that look. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the this friendly fire scenario too. Is just oh, like yeah. very feels very realistic for sure. And right when you're like, okay, he's gonna get him off the building, then to flip yeah. it and be like, oh god, now yeah. they're shooting at him. Like he just can't he do anything. Never have yeah. a minute breathing. Right. They made us bureau. You got a terrorist shooting. Guys, bank left. Sucker! 
What's the line in Jurassic Park? Well, we're back in the car again. What's that? Oh, well, we're back in the well, car. Well, we're back on the roof again. Yeah, well, we're <laughs> back on the roof. shot at jumping. What the fuck? There's something wrong. They're coming back down. Blow the roof. The car's up there. Blow the roof. What a great explosion. Here we go. About going up in the tall building again. So great. Oh, man. Ugh, gross. Oh, it's gonna oh. hurt now. This all swing back and shoot yeah. the other window. Oh. I feel like this we've we've seen this in so many movies since this, For but sure. this I feel like this is probably the first time that they this did has it. got it. Yeah, I, I think like it's hanging, been copied so much. That I mean, it has Mission to be the Impossible first time. did it. And, you know, Mission Impossible Three, things, yeah. yeah, with the and then Four? shooting your way in. Three, couple Four. of James Bond movies Four? have done it. Um, Mission Impossible 3, they, they, well, the side of the building thing is in 4, but in 3, he, remember when he has to steal the rabbit's foot and he leaps from one building to the other? He parachutes down and his parachute takes him in through the glass. Oh, and then and he the slides back out. looks at Tom Cruise and then it sucks him back out. I remember that. Okay, um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So they kind of did something similar in both. Yeah, sort of a, yeah, similar rip. But honestly, man, you could argue Mission Impossible 3, when he's in the elevator fighting all the guys he's strapped to the table, you know, similar thing to Die Hard 3, right, where he's in the elevator and he starts the shootout in the tight right. And now Captain America Winter Soldier has done it. That's, that's funny. Those are good points, yep. Yeah. I just stepped on the best line <laughs> of that. What, what did he say? Well, we're going to need some more FBI guys. Oh, like that's, yes. like, that's actually the one great line. <laughs> that's true comedy. We're going to need some more over. FBI guys. <laughs> Again, his reactions. This is again. It's so good because this is what you at this point you would just be like, "What the fuck!" Like he's like right. walking through, like, "Come on!" She's pretty good. Hang on, honey. Oh, God. 
Oof. Yeah. Yeah. As our friend Stevie would say, oofta. Oofta. Right. Christmas tape saving the day, baby. Christmas tape. That's how you know more than anything is a Christmas movie. Right. I love they give Argyle this little moment here. Right. He's like, I know what to do. <laughs> Just like a little punch. It's a fantastic little yelp, too. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> this is great. I remember that's something that that film professor I had that showed this. He was like, she means that literally. Like, Jesus yeah. is here. Yeah. Like, he salvation very, has come. Very direct, yeah. Very deliberate. So that's what this is all about? Fucking robbery? Put down the gun. Might you have to nuke the whole building, Hans? <laughs> Well, when you steal $600, you can't just disappear. When you steal $600 million, they will find you unless they think you're already dead. Put down. That's a fair point. A gun. Yeah. This is a different era. This is an era where they would actually they market toys from rated R movies for Still adults to kids. So oh. a different era for sure. Yeah. But kids playing the number of my friends who taped the toy gun to their back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that right? Like that's that's just relevant to this movie. Uh huh. And the yep. number of times we did that in like fake gunfights. And it, and he does it in three also. Remember? Oh yeah. Right at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. He makes the attempt when he's in Harlem. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a great sequence also. <laughs> So good. That had two bullets. Happy trails, Hans. No. It's very satisfying, yeah, the the pulling the wife out. No, this has been talked about a lot, but how they dropped Alan Rickman early mm-hmm. to get the reaction. Yep. That is so good in this. Oh, my and God. By the way, if you're going to cut back for one second to an old shot. Yes. In the third yes, one where the they say, one. does the name Gruber mean anything to you? And his yeah, rings memory bell. snaps back to just that <laughs> shot of Hans falling. Yes. And rings a bell, yeah. The slow oh, so motion, good. yeah. Yeah, they've... It always bugged me that she had a blood stain on her cheek and then it goes away there. Oh, wow. What are you going to do? The watch. And let's get rid of Ellis's watch. The company watch. Even that has a callback. So good. This is also this is one of those moving dummies that's actually dropped outside the building, right? When you see the long right. shot, that's right? But really, really good, man. These arms and legs flailing. Yeah, how does that look like, so that's real? That's fantastic. Yeah. So like they, those were actually developed for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You remember the bridge cut where they fall? 
they had these dummies they had rigged so the feet Vaguely, and legs would yeah. go. Okay. But it's much more rudimentary than the diehard one. You know, that's okay. four years later, so you can right. see how they kind of developed. That's very but impressive. I never yeah. knew how they did that when I was a kid. I was right. like, is it possible to put like something at the bottom of that and have someone drop that far? I had no idea that, seems, that, that yeah. wouldn't really work. Right. A little too far. Oof. What a mess. The paper, <laughs> honestly, it's... A little over the top, but the paper is flooding down. Is is also great. There's a lot of it. Yeah, it's like everywhere. snow. Yeah. How much paper was up there on the roots? <laughs> Good God! <laughs> it's just so satisfying. I don't really know what else to say about this movie at this point, but. The idea of going through something with someone and not knowing yeah. who they are yeah. is very interesting. Listen, that quiet moment of recognition here yeah. is... It's very good. And I mean, honestly, you get like a totally different version of this kind of reveal from somebody you just know from a voice with Hans and him. Uh-huh. You know, they're, and they're both really good. Like, yes. They're really effective yes. and different and obviously... John McTiernan. Different. <laughs> yeah, he's... He knows how to build a movie, man. Yeah. And he knows about tyranny. McTyranny and <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Patrick got up and walked away. <laughs> we got a luckily we're towards the end. Yeah, right, right, right. Don't, don't worry, it's over soon. It's usually me that's making the <laughs> stupid comments. Everybody, everybody gets one minute. That's great. Uh, get him. Also, oh, this was a, quite a um, a thing that you would have often in the uh, this era of movies too, right? The last little yeah, beat. one one more villain that yeah, you thought everything was down. comes out of the water or whatever. I don't know. But this one's just so great, because wonderful. It puts the button shot the cap here on, too. Uh, little rack focus, boom. Yeah, on pals. Oh yeah, it's so good. Really good. down the barrel. Yep, nailed him. You did it, buddy. You saved the day. Now he'll be able to shoot kids again. And <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> See, totally. I couldn't stop myself. I knew I shouldn't. Anyways, I couldn't stop. Anyways. Oh, all yeah. the seriously though, all the character stuff pays off, and Argyle's just the chair. Yes. on top of the Sunday. Okay. Great with me. This one's with me. Don't don't. Let's not go right <laughs> back into that dark place where you have to question him. whether you control your gun again. Hey. hey. Mr. McClain, now that it's all over after this incredible ordeal, what are your payoffs? Oh, yeah. Really? Just one after the other? One after the other here. Also, they're perfect for each other. Uh, You know, the the idea that they have a tumultuous relationship is unfortunate because it's like, they're great. Just because there's fire and just because (laughs) they argue a lot doesn't mean the love ain't there, baby. Yeah, I know. Like sometimes. I I gotta be here for New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. 
Weather outside is frightful. But the fire Best way to end a Christmas so movie, the sun. And it's sunrise. We get a little bit of blue glow. Die Hard 2 with this song as well, right? Do but they? by Die Hard 3, oh. they go a different. Yeah, they, when they pan up from the airport with all the planes, the, the same song yeah, plays. I but by you. 3, I obviously, forgot. it doesn't take place at three Christmas. 3 is in the months. summer in the city. It's summer That's in the why city. they play the song. <laughs> summer in the city. So pretty. <laughs> summer cool cat city. looking for a kitty. <laughs> I don't know words. Um, that's well, that's uh, that's thing. wonderful. I love it. Um, so while the uh, wonderful credits are rolling, let's talk about some stuff. Um, this movie was nominated for four Academy Awards. They're all what? technical. They're all yeah. technical, but they uh, no no winners. But uh, best sound, best film editing, best effects for sound effects, and yeah. best uh, visual effects. So that's course, yeah, uh, that's are- fair. Um, Should have won some of those. I think. What do I you know think the budget of this movie was? Oh Jesus! In '88, yeah. I I don't know. Um, how much did Bruce Willis make? Five. Five million. I'm gonna say they gave these guys seventy-five million dollars. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight million dollars. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna guess. This is you know what? This is I was exactly, gonna guess yeah. thirty five million, and, and then like, I no then way. I remembered what Bruce Willis made, and I was like, was it five? Okay. So my justification 75. there is one. Yes, that's a crazy low number considering that he made five. So like percentage wise, that's that's really impressive. But then the other part of this is that they have virtually no overhead. Like there's lots of explosions, lots of cool shit. Yeah, but you're just it's in the building, their building, no location, and stuff. a couple of set, maybe like two sound right. stages. And and a location. That's a good point. Lots good of explosions. Point. Lots of like practical shit has to happen, but it's just minimal in its scope. And they're like a thousand feet from the studio, you know. So it it just doesn't. What know. was the budget for Die Hard two and three? Do you? Well, know? That's a good question. Let me look it up real quick. Because um, I'm just while I'm looking like it said, up. Die Hard three is all um, over the place. What do you think the uh, gross uh, domestic um, uh, box office was for this movie? Uh, they made 120 million. Actually, no. Um, quite a bit less. 83 domestic. So okay. So, so I 83 on a 28. That's good. I mean, back then Still it was huge, probably considered but... pretty good, but um, not as big as it would be today. Um, okay. So I'm gonna look up some budgets. This movie obviously also lived <clears throat> in rentals and uh, on television. Oh, big for time! Yeah, years and years. To yeah, come. we're of course not including all that extra stuff. That was enough um, though to, to greenlight the sequel and then move on with the whole trilogy. So. Die Hard Two had a budget of seventy with a domestic um, gross of one seventeen, so that was okay. So um, Die Hard Two had the the budget and the gross of what I guessed for Die Hard One, right. almost exactly. So let's see what Die Hard Three says um that has a budget of 90 and then a domestic of only 100 which is a bummer oh shit but here's the thing i'm not including worldwide in these numbers if right. i do By 95 um yeah. yeah 95 they had a 90 million dollar budget but it made 366 worldwide with almost right. 300 million coming from international that's a pretty significant well by know, 95 number. the international had become more a, important a anyway, bit the, more the, but so going back, Wall Die Hard falling. Two had a worldwide of of two forty on a seventy million dollar budget, and Die Hard One had a worldwide of one forty one on a twenty eight. So these are all okay. big hits, but again, the domestic is you know is quite a bit less. Yeah. Um, anyway, so moving along, um, 
the top. So this came out in July 1988. Um, there weren't a lot. I was actually just just for fun. It was interesting to see what else came out that month, and it was like a bunch of sequels. So um, I, I, you know, you think of sequels as being a more modern thing, but like clearly, this was the summer of a lot of sequels. I don't know. By the late eighties and nineties, I think that's when I start. I, I guess about that's them fair. Off. Yeah, because yeah. early eighties, you have your Star Wars and your Indiana Jones, and from that point, they're kind on, of I think finishing up. Kind yeah. of there, back to the future, mid eighties. Well, you're definitely right about that. Um, July eighty eight, Arthur two, Short Circuit two, Phantasm two, It Takes two, Caddyshack two, Big Top Pee Wee. Um, we're all that month. Um, also, Cocktail and Monkey Shines came out uh, right around that time. Uh, June, we saw Funny Farm, Big, Bull Durham, Great Outdoors, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America. Those are all within the few weeks surrounding it. And then for the domestic box office um, list, you know, top 10 uh, for 1988, Rain Man was number one, Roger Rabbit was two, Coming to America, Big, Twins, Crocodile Dundee, two, and then Die Hard comes in at seven. Um, on that list, Rain Man made $172 million domestic gross, um, which I just, that just blows me away because it's, it, it's such a classic movie. I love Rain Man, but it's, uh, you know, it's a small drama relative to these big budget things for it to make you know, I- m- well more than double. What Die Hard made is just incredible. Audiences just wanted something different then. And and um and I honestly, I, this is not me. This really is not me shitting on current movies. Movies okay. ebbs and flow through all generations, right? And there's a lot of great stuff still. Right. But there there was more of a maturity, in my opinion, to movie, or at least there was a corner for very mature movies. And we've talked about this before, even into like the early mid nineties. If you look at Harrison Ford being like the biggest box office star in that time period and Tom Cruise, right. Making rain man, right. Um, as opposed to just rattling off mission impossibles now, which I love, like I'm in no way. Am I not happy with mission sure. impossibles, but the Harrison Ford action film was the clear and present danger. The Patriot games where the guy who's an analyst and there's a mystery that he's solving. The fugitive yeah. was an action film where he is a guy whose wife has been murdered. And now it's a detective story. Like, you know, Die Hard in some ways I think gave rise to these things, but now where you really have the you know, Marvel's taken over the marketplace. And, you know, in the same way that a, that a Star Wars would and, and could still, but, you know, now you've everything is angled for that PG thirteen. It, it, it's just not gonna have the same level of intellect. Not to say that they're not perfectly constructed and Speaking as a guy whose favorite movies of all time are kids' movies, as the Star Wars trilogy, I'm you know in no <laughs> yeah, way am sure. I. I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just saying that kind of adult film wasn't made, and there was a lot of talk about this by David Fincher when he tried to make the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo uh, mm-hmm. trilogy. Right. You know, I, I want to do these again. I want to have these rated R movies. That's like a full series where we're gonna. And obviously, it didn't work. So you know, the proof is in the pudding. I guess money wise, even though that movie I think was really well made, but um, there's just not an angle for those anymore. Um, one other thing I wanted to say, um, and this is like a small little thing, but since we've been pointing stuff out, John McTiernan loves to end those films with the big kind of chorus and choir. Like he ends hunt for Red October, the exact same way two years later. He also uses the giant teddy bear, um, from this movie, uh, that's in the back of Argyle's car. That is also the gift that Jack Ryan, 
played by Alec Baldwin, oh, is bringing yeah. back to his daughter on the airplane. So he's sitting on an airplane at the beginning of the movie with this with the teddy bear. He's sitting on an airplane at the end of the movie in Hunt for Red October, passed out because he's exhausted. And the same choir, I don't know, it's not the same song, but a choir music comes up yeah. the exact same as these credits and plays over that teddy bear. So just kind of a fun little through line Very interesting. that he kept nice, in a couple of his movies. Nice trivia. I dig it. Um, real quick before we end, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes scores were for this movie? And I, we might have done it recently, oh, but um, I think yeah, we did do it recently. Did but did we? Okay. Um, let's see. Do so Rotten again. Tomatoes. I'll say critics. I'll say critics eighty two, audiences eighty eight, ninety four and ninety four. Oh, uh, that makes me happier. I think yeah, we did yeah. do that actually now because yep. they're exactly the same. But uh, um, I, I obviously think that's appropriate having kind of mid nineties for these. So uh, if, if I can read this quickly, this is an excerpt from Roger Ebert. Um, he really was so, so on this movie. He gave it two out of four stars and, uh, and that's a bummer, right? Um, yeah. As nearly as I can tell the deputy chief in this movie is for only one reason or only one purpose to be consistently wrong at every step of the way and is to provide a phony <laughs> counterpoint to Willis's progress. The cal- the character is so willfully useless, so dumb, so much a product of the idiot plot syndrome that all by himself he successfully undermines the last half of the movie. Thrillers like this need to be well-oiled machines and not with a single wasted moment. Inappropriate and wrong-headed interruptions reveal the fragile nature of the plot and prevent it from working. Without the deputy chief and all that he represents, Die Hard would have been more than a passable thriller. With him, it's a mess, and it's and that's a shame because the film does um, contain some superior some superior special effects, impressive stunt work, and good performances, especially by Rickman. Um, Here's a suggestion for thriller makers. You can't go wrong if all the characters in your movie are at least as intelligent as most of the characters in your audience. I thought that was interesting. I think you make some valid points, some points that you actually uh, pointed out as well. I I took him, I've always taken him, and I continue to take him, that character, as just comedic relief. Yeah, he is kind of a befuddled idiot. But um, I certainly don't think even acknowledging his points that in any way that causes the movie not to to work um it just it's just not that important to i me. think Eber um, would feel differently about this today um, yeah and i mentioned this yeah. a lot and, and nobody ebert doesn't need my or didn't need my <laughs> signing off on him in most successful critic maybe ever but yeah but uh you know this is also the person who named fight club in the worst 10 movies in <laughs> right, 1999 right. and then a year later said named it one I of the best it, five yeah. of the decade so <laughs> things change when you watch yep. stuff again and again and he's i just thought it was interesting stuff yeah. a lot of times but i wonder what he would have thought of or maybe he does have reviews on die hard four and five <laughs> right i felt on this Oof. one but Oof. who cares Um, Well, that's great. We did Die Hard. I'm glad we did because that's a good one. (laughs) And uh, I think you're right. I think we we should do Die Hard three at some point. That would be yeah. We got to do it harder. Yeah, Die Hardest. We got to do it with a vengeance. We got to do a podcast. Most vengeance. vengeance. All right, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Have a happy holiday. Yeah, we'll we'll see you in 2021.